Hi, everybody. Welcome to a very spooky episode of Gave My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who are the motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill with me tonight? Michael K. Hughes, I'm too old for this. Someone get me a goddamn wheelchair. <laughs> and this is Bill Tucker. Good evening to all you suckheads. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and yes, all three of those are quotes from the movie we're about to be talking about. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. A, a very 1998 blade. Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, yep. The only way to put this. Uh, the movie starring Wesley Snipes. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Before he went to jail. He's in jail. He was in jail for a bit. Okay. Apparently, it, it's not. It's frowned upon when you don't pay your taxes. Oh, wow. oh that's why I do that every year. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he didn't do that for. Um, he didn't do it for a little bit, and he went to jail. Oh. That's a problem. <laughs> problem, Mr. Snipes. Yeah. I don't yeah, he know. Was, he was, he's yeah. still, it's, and his Wikipedia says he's still active. Oh, yeah. I mean, I pulled up by MDB. He's got like four upcoming movies. So, yeah, apparently he still does stuff. I've not heard of any of these. Uh, from 2004 to 2012 in his thing, everything's his direct to video. So, I should answer. Wow. Wow, That's has fine. his star fallen? Huh. Everything but one. Brooklyn's Finest is the only one that doesn't say direct to video. Okay, Brooklyn's fine. <laughs> but in this movie, he is the titular Blade, and he is Blade. Um, he is the only Blade until um, the new reboot comes out in a couple of years, I guess it is. So, yeah, guys, what'd you think? What was the? Uh, yeah, it's a <laughs> '90s ass '90s movie, I guess. It's so 90s, and it's very apparent from the very <laughs> beginning. Yes, we will, late 90s is well represented in this uh, in this film. Did you guys see this theatrically? When was the first time you, you saw this? Uh, this morning. <laughs> oh, this is your first time? Yeah, I've yes. never seen this before. Oh, wow, okay. Good morning. Uh, wow, okay. <laughs> I, I saw this back in the day. I don't think I saw it in the... I can't remember if I saw it in theaters or not. Probably not, because I was like 11. But I saw it on DVD, I'm sure. I know I saw it back in the day. I just don't remember when I saw it. Yeah, I had a friend who was really into this movie. And uh, he, I think I watched it with him probably on DVD as well. Because he was really into kung fu and, and martial arts and such. And uh, I, rem- I remember loving this movie. This was like this was my jam back in the yeah late 90s, early 2000s. And again, it's very much so of its time, as we will discuss throughout. Um, does it hold up now? No, it certainly does not. Um, but I think it's a very interesting little specimen of, of what action movies used to be. And especially comic book action movies used to be, um, they still didn't know what they could do with characters and how they could really build out the mythos of superheroes instead of just having them punch bad guys and wield swords. And that's about it. All that happens in this one. So, um, it's a very interesting movie, um, and there's some joy to be found, ironically and unironically. I I enjoyed this. Like I I hadn't seen this in a, in years, and I was completely all good and all for it this time. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I was I was not into it. Like I was. We usually save this for self or box, but like I think it's gonna be real apparent. I did not have a good time with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my taste. I, I, when I was watching this, I'm like, oh, Mike is going to hate us because I've forgotten a lot of this movie. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And knowing your 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 uh, sensibilities, um, I'm, I'm very much so interested on your take on our next Halloween movie that I, the one I recommended. But um, 
let's stick to this one. Um, yeah. So Blade, nineteen ninety eight. Is that right? Did I look at that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Directed by um, the celebrated Stephen Norrington. If you've looked at this filmography, he did The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and then nothing. <laughs> Never directed again. I thought Act- you were. I pulled yeah. up. He has four movies. Yes. Is the league after this? He did the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and evidently he had such a hard time with Sean Connery. Just in filming that film, he said, "I'm never directing another movie again," and wow. didn't. I think he tried to do a project in like 2018 and never went anywhere, but he just quit. That was it for him. So well, <laughs> Sean Connery broke somebody, I guess. Evidently, in the filming of a horrendous like action movie. Really? I, I, <laughs> I kind of do. <laughs> I remember hating it. Obviously, yeah, it's been forever. Oh, yeah. I know, I know people shit all over that one, but yeah. I've never seen all of it. Yeah, I think I, I saw I, I don't remember liking it. And written by a little-known guy named David S. Goyer. Um, if you don't know David S. Goyer, he wrote uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. So the guy who wrote Suckheads and <laughs> MFers Can't Skate Uphill wrote one of the most celebrated you know, action, uh, sorry, comic book series in history. So, you mean that series only had two yeah. movies? Yeah, two yeah, great man. movies. <laughs> you always say that. I hate Dark Knight Rises. We will someday probably talk about it. I hate that third movie. Yeah, he wrote the entire Dark Knight trilogy. He um, also wrote Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. He wrote Man of Steel. <laughs> he wrote Dawn of Justice. Well, yeah. hey, listen, you know, we all have our, we all have our faults. He wrote so, Jumper. Uh, but he is a celebrated. Oh, oh. Go, what? <laughs> Sorry, that that triggered me there for a real quick. Wow. I hate that movie. <laughs> like I read the book and then I watched the movie. And I'm like, what? Like my wife always talks about how Aragon is nothing like the book, and that's the one that she always go to. But for me, it's Jumper, as far as uh, adaption dissonance goes. Wow, fine I movie. Never, I've never seen it. I don't even. It's I know perfect. nothing of the source material or anything. I met the author, oh. so I actually got to meet him once at a book signing. He liked my shirt. <laughs> There you go. Dragon shirt. Nice. Nice guy. But yeah, David Escoyer directed the uh, wrote this and he actually ends up directing the third one, Blade Trinity, um which definitely shows in the quality. Yeah, he wrote this. Isn't that crazy? Huh. Again, the guy the writer of the word suckheads and all the terrible <laughs> terrible lines, although that might not be his fault, but we'll talk about it. Yeah. And then we have Wesley Snipes in the lead, who again like I said is Blade and yeah. He's Blade. Evidently, throughout the shooting of this, he was extremely into this character. Like, I mean, weirdly so. <laughs> it seemed like the Blade going forward, his uh, design was reflected to portray Wesley Snipes' portrayal of him in this movie. Seems like every time he shows up after this, it bears a striking resemblance. Yeah, because he he was doing interviews in character and a lot. I, I I know this is the fact for the second. I'm not sure of the first. He had a lot of say in his choreography. Um, he had a lot of say in some of the ad libbing he did. So again, <laughs> oh, things like geez. suckheads and skating uphill may not have been the writing of Mr. Goyer. So um, he had a lot of he's he had his hands deep into this movie. I can see that because he would have been a big actor at this time, too. He was in a few big movies before he did this. So he was like, I knew who he was. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Now. We oh, yeah. He, he was the he was the main black uh, action guy there in the 90s. Yeah. He had a lot of fucking movies. too. Like if I'm pumping photography, he was the tons of movies in the 90s. Yeah. Evidently, when they were casting this movie, again, according to Wikipedia, the source of all truth on the Internet, <laughs> um, the studios had three picks. 
for the lead. One of them was, of course, Wesley Snipes, Denzel Washington, and Lawrence Fishburne. Imagine ah, Matrix era, Matrix era Lawrence Fishburne in the lead of Blade. I, what kind of movie would that have been? I don't know. I don't know, but that's not the last time we're going to talk about the Matrix this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is, there, no, there is not. one very explicit scene that is oh. Uh, oh, Matrix like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a very interesting movie, um, and I'm looking forward to getting into it because I have a surprising amount of notes for uh, a movie this uh, kind of slight, but fun. Yeah, it, it just, start, I mean, the movie starts off kind of like, you know, just because it has to fill. You know, got to get you in the story. It starts off in 1967 in a hospital where you have this woman who's obviously pregnant, who's also been bit by, you know, bleeding out of her neck. And they're rushing her to a hospital. And then you see her pretty much like the, the camera just kind of cuts and, you know, she dies or whatever. You don't really know what happens. And I, I want to say they don't even show him being born. They just show her on the gurney, putting her hand out. And I think that's all you see. If I remember show a doctor carrying. Oh, very nicely. Yeah. OK, you're right. And evidently that. Oh, sorry. Flash or a driver's license. I'm like, is this supposed to mean something to me? I had to look up. I never actually knew Blade's alter ego until I looked it up. I'm like, oh, Eric <laughs> Brooks. I didn't know. either. So this movie said Eric. I'm like, who's Eric? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, she refers to as Eric. It's interesting because I the, the laugh. I again, I've seen this movie probably 20 times. <laughs> I'm not gonna oh, wow. lie, but I haven't <laughs> seen this. I haven't seen this in at least eight. So it's been a while. But when again, when I was into this, I was. This is one of the first Blu-rays I uh, Blu-rays. This is one of the first DVDs I uh, I own, which is how I watched it. DVD, sixty-five <laughs> <laughs> inch TV. Boy, that technology doesn't hold up either. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I he. What always kind of got me with that is he recognized his mom's face because that always like flashbacked in his mind <laughs> as like a three minute year old. So I guess vampirism. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so. that, that's a good. I didn't think about that, but now that you mentioned it, that makes it sound a lot dumber than I than I remember. No, it's extremely also, dumb. Most things in this movie are dumb. Uh, <laughs> also, when did she have time to name him if she quote unquote died immediately after he was well, born? You named the baby before. Yeah, that's, uh, I guess. Yeah, and then I, how yeah, would he know mean, that he was there? Someone know. wrote it down. I'm just being nitpicky. I know, but like, like in my case, like with my son, we named we picked out his name Aaron long before he was born. Right. So yeah, my I, son I, didn't have a choice. My son didn't have a choice. He was he was William because I just didn't have a choice in the matter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you're nitpicking, but yeah, no, I so I, I can go with that. But then you also get the title. You get the title card, which is very important. I got it. I got announced when we get our title cards. Yes, the title card, very subdued. Blade. Compared to what we're used to. Yeah, really. Blade. It's just this little subdued blade, and you get your credits. And then we get to, I don't know, maybe one of the most memorable scenes of this movie. This is the one everyone remembers um, for a lot of reasons. Um, the horribly, horribly 90s era door is uh, in the car with the vampirous seductress on their way to a vampire rave. <laughs> it's kind of good. Kinda As was the style at the time. I, yes, yes. I like this part a lot. Like when you have you have the random idiot guy with the hot girl, goth girl going in the, you know, they're in the car and they're in the butcher place and walking. And you have the random elevator with the like bouncer. Like I, for some reason, really like this part. I don't know why. I just do. This is where I first got the 90s vibe. Like the new, the oh, damn it. Who's the, the publisher? New, new, new line, line cinema. cinema. Yeah. 
Like, just seeing that and then seeing, for some reason, this gave me serious uh, night, uh, TMNT vibes. Because that was also sure. cinema. Yeah. I don't know what, of course, it's been like three hours now since I watched it, but I can't place what what triggered it. But I'm like, wow, this feels like Ninja Turtles for some reason. <laughs> Maybe it's the, the club scene in two. Same company. With Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Yeah, this this scene is really excellent, actually, this whole intro, because it's building mood and building tension and really establishing the tone where, you know, the vampires, because, again, if you're going into this with Blade, you've probably some sort of seen some sort of material vampire hunter, probably. But if you never have like completely blind, this is a really off setting scene because it's it's introducing it's a party that everyone in that era would have wanted to be at, but doesn't really exist. Like that doesn't exist. That kind of party <laughs> with like nothing but beautiful people in it. You know, no one's sweating. It's not <laughs> gross. It's got that classic DJ in there. It's got that wonderful late '90s uh, electronic song. It's not. It's not house. It's not dance. It's not electronica. Tech- but it's got. Techno? It's called. It's tech. I guess techno. Yeah. Techno is more like a generic term. But uh, the song's called Confusion. I know oh, this because I had this song. <laughs> boy, oh boy, did I get bumped in the car with my uh, my uh, my my hot stereo system in the uh, in the old, you know, my old uh, geo geo tracker, not geo tracker, oh, geo spectrum. Man, I bumped the system with the, with the bazooka bass. Oh yeah, bazooka bass. Thirty five years suit. ago. Oh boy, oh boy. But uh, thirty five. How old? How old do you think I am, sir? <laughs> you know, twenty twenty's been going on for 10, 15 years now. That's this all. is very true. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> This just sets great mood. You know, there's some it introduces like this weird world slowly and things are not right. Uh, my favorite bit is when they're walking through the meatpacking factory and you see human bodies very quickly flash by in those oh, bags. And he goes human bodies. Oh, yeah. Those are I humans. didn't catch that because it's a vampire place and they're harvesting humans. Oh, Nobody so. catches it. Unless you watch it 20 times, <laughs> like I did. Those that are makes me like the movie even more now. I just thought yeah. they were like cows and stuff. I didn't catch that they were actually supposed to be people. And that's why his reaction is so sudden. I almost wonder if they intended to like linger on that a bit more than it was just cut for time or for studio reasons. Because you're right, it's so fast. And his reaction is really weird if it was just things of meat. But his reaction—that's when he first realizes, "Oh, oh boy, what? Where am I walking into?" But I don't know. Tracy Lords in front of me. Just follow her past the bodyguard. And it just says this really <laughs> surreal tone. It's great. And uh, he, the the lead, the lead. I guess he's our lead at this point. The uh, the dorky guy. He responds to every rejection the way my kid responds if I don't give him ice cream. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I love this whole sequence, and then of course the bloodbath occurs. Uh, yes, that, that really that fantastic part, uh, confusion song. When he's standing in the club, and all of a sudden, you know, he's like, "I need a, something about." Something, I feel like there's a line about a drink, and then he he's looking at the blood, and he's like, "Why is there blood?" And all of a sudden, the sprinklers come on, and just that part just hits. Like, you know, I I remember this. I remember seeing this the first time, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" When you just see all these just sprinklers just spraying blood everywhere and all of a sudden the fangs start coming out of everybody and they just you know they're all dancing and when he really come starting to realize like oh shit where am i like that is just so good still i'm gonna be that guy like isn't blood <laughs> too thick to spray out of sprinklers like that 
when it yes. kind of goop all over. It would just clog and coagulate. Yes, it would not do that. Um, but it's interesting because in, during that scene when the, when the blood is falling down from the sprinkler system, it is so effective horror because now you have all these creatures, now you call them creatures, they're these vampires covered in blood. They're, they're shiny and slick and very, very scary. And then he realizes, oh, no. I'm 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 in a bit of a problem. I'm, I'm in a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> I've caught myself in a little bit of a quagmire here. Um, it's very effective because they they thicken the blood to um, show up on camera in the scenes where it's just close-ups of the of the actors, you know, grimacing and snarling at them. And it's really good because if they had just left it as a fine spray, it wouldn't pick up on camera. Um, the, a camera can't pick up rain. That's why every rain in a movie is a torrential downpour. Huh. That's the only thing that a camera can pick up. It can drizzle in a movie or it can't just lightly rain because you just won't see the drops. There's no oh, see it. I never knew that. Yeah. So they and they, fe- they speed up the um, I almost said frame rate because I play too many games now. But they, <laughs> they speed they speed up the uh, like the speed of the camera. So you actually tries to time it with the blood drops. So that's why you're getting that really cool effect where they, they seem faster and quicker. They've kind of upped the speed on the camera. And then it captures the, the the thick, thick blood drops, which is why they're so thick. Very effective, very good bit of scene setting and dread setting. And they just kind of kick him around a bit and toy with their food. How are they going to split that guy up amongst, well, I don't know, 200 <laughs> vampires? Everyone gets a nibble, I guess. I don't know. The human body does not contain that much blood. Uh, but it's all silliness and fun. And it's really very effective kind of horror. And then we meet our hero. This they, movie would lead you to believe the bodies have a lot more blood in them than, than is actually yes, there, yes, which we'll get yes. to later on. But yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was I, I like when they first introduced Blade, where he the, the guy is trying to run away from the vampire, he just ends up at Blade's feet. He just kind of looks at him and like, and all the vampires like they know who the fuck this is, and all of a sudden they start getting all upset. They're showing their fangs. Some you have some half naked people running behind him for some reason, away into the showers. Just random things happening. And I remember just having a big smile on my face when Blade shows up, and it just made me realize like, I still really like this movie. Like, I was completely on board. I was telling myself, oh, God, Mike's going to hate this movie, but I was <laughs> yeah. really on board. Like, yeah. I feel like I've seen this scene years and years and years ago. Like, it, it felt very familiar. And uh, it's, I, it's really the, like, yeah. I really like Blade's costume throughout the movie, too. He looks super badass. Yeah, it's really good. Very, very tactical. It's a good way. Yeah, it's it's got a it's got a lot of utility to it that he never uses. Well, I shouldn't say that he uses some of it. So yeah, <laughs> the there's, bulletproof part. Yeah, at this point he's the bulletproof part. And uh, this is the first obviously fight scene in which I wrote down in my in my notes. And as soon as I saw it, I I went, oh no, this is the whole movie. Uh, it's <laughs> wonderful, a, a wonderful display of an A list actor doing the bare minimum. <laughs> does does he stands in one spot, punches people one at a time. While everyone runs around them. <laughs> That's the fight choreography of most of this movie. You are not uh, wrong. Blade yep. just not moving as much. So when I read that Wesley Snipes had a lot of agency in his choreography, of course he did. Because he just stands there and shoots people <laughs> and then punches and kicks with some pretty – because he's a martial artist. Like he understands okay, I, yeah. I thought he was. And a lot of the, the, the framing of this – and this is for very obvious early on here – is this is all kung fu style fighting, highly choreographed. They're more um, ability demonstrations than they are really 
designed to raise any stakes or any real sense of tension, you know? Yeah. So that's it's 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 all kung fu style fighting, but kung fu works because they're super fast and extremely skilled. So you're marveling at the agility and the abilities of the actors as opposed to like really caring about the fight itself. Uh, in this case, it's, in, yeah, exactly. I can just see case, him uh, with the the fight choreographer. He's just like, okay, we're gonna have you. You're gonna flip over this guy, and you're gonna kick that one, and then turn around, punch this guy, and Wes and the like, I'm gonna stand here. He's like, <laughs> what? I'm just gonna stand here. I'm gonna fight him one at a time. Okay, <laughs> okay. we'll, well, we'll yeah. make that work. Yeah, Blade, I, 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 uh, Mr. Snipes, look, <laughs> call me Blade. Call me Blade. <laughs> oh, 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 all right, Mr. Blade, I. Might be a little boring if you just stand there in the middle of the scene and just punch people. He rolls out his contract <laughs> on a giant skull. <laughs> Did you hear me? They call me Blade. You know, I'll tell makes, you how I fight. All right. Sense. Now that you say that he had like full, because I mean, I like the fight scenes. I didn't catch it. He's just standing there half the time, like, oh, this is cool. Like, I bet he's a martial artist, and that is so cool. And I didn't even like either younger Mike nor thirty-two-year-old Mike was thinking. <laughs> He's just standing there. Like, I was just enjoying the shotgun, the sword, everything. I was just fully on board watching this movie uh, two nights ago. But it, you, now you, that you mentioned it, I'm like, hmm, you are right. They do a lot of coming to him. Yeah, then they just, they, they wait they wait their turns patiently and kind of bounce around in a fighting pose. And then one person a at a time attacks them. RPG. So it is. It is. It is. to fill up. It is like a, it is like a early, uh, early 80s JRPG. Exactly right. Did you guys enjoy the uh, the Mortal Kombat skeletons when they disintegrate? Yes. yes. <laughs> How could you not? <laughs> the, latest, the latest in mummy level CGI. <laughs> it felt very mummy the way the, the oh, bodies. I like, do have a joke I, I want to make. But, like, you know how people always, like, some people think that the moon landing was fake and, like, they CGI'd stuff. And I just want to point out, like, this movie came out, you know, 30 years <laughs> later. Like, this is the CGI right. we had. Yeah. If they faked it, it wasn't CGI, guys. I promise yeah. you that. But they yeah. didn't have a NASA level budget. Uh, I don't think NASA had the budget that people think NASA had either. Uh, that, that, this, that joke always comes to me. Like, especially when you think of like this movie in Matrix, I'm like, yeah, we weren't faking nothing CGI guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 1960s was not, you know, there's only there's only so much you can do with forced perspective. Really? That's, yeah. that's basically it. But yeah, the CGI in this movie we'll talk about as we go through I'm <laughs> oh. sure. Um, I, yeah. I don't mind it, except for one part. Even though, I, I mean, again, it's a thing of the time. Back when I would have seen this, you know, in the 90s, late 90s, I would have thought it was amazing. Or wherever the hell I saw this. Some of it actually holds up pretty decent. And you have to look at CGI. I look at CGI like I look at graphics in games. You can't really judge it based on the time you're in now. Because, again, based on what it's obviously it's quaint and silly um, based on where, you know, what we have now, obviously, as far as cg and that sort of effects um for the time it was still pretty cool right i mean that would have been cool in 98 and pretty decent and it's still relatively effective now it didn't get in the way of anything uh filmatically the thing you got to look at is the design of it right the art design just like in a game it's not the graphics obviously you can't compare the graphical fidelity of dragon warrior to you know the witcher like that's insane Mm. you can't do that but you can also you can appreciate the art of it the art style the art direction and they're good. It's 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 cool art direction, you know. Um, and the effects are fine for the era, uh, in this instance. So I'm, I I I dig it. It's pretty good. I had no problem, and I do like the the running joke in this movie because right after you have him in the nightclub, <laughs> you have where crispy. Well, I just call him crispy throughout the entire rest of this. In the movie, <laughs> I called him. Me. I called him Beardy, but yeah, I think his name is Quaid or Quinn or something. Is he, is he a famous actor? Donald Logue or Logue or. <laughs> 
Oh, okay, that so, guy. Oh, I know this guy. He's in a, a TV show called Got Grounded it. for Life. That was pretty decently big. And then he was in another Marvel movie that has yet to come out as of the time of this movie that we had talked about possibly doing for this spooktober. What movie? Ghost Rider. Oh. <laughs> he's, uh, he's like Johnny Blaze's manager or something. Oh, yeah. Well, that that, that was going to happen. But then it got taken off Netflix. And I'm like, do I really want to buy this? <laughs> oh, no, I don't. Okay. okay, that's why I recognize him. He's also in Gotham, too. He plays um, oh, yeah. the, the uh, detective that works with him. Harvey Bullock. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, I I didn't, I didn't like this actor. I didn't catch that, that he, who he was. I just, because he's a lot younger in this movie. I just liked him. Like, I enjoyed the character. Like, the first time you see him in, the, in this movie, he's getting pinned up by stakes in, in his shoulders to the wall. And I'm thinking to myself, every other vampire you hit dies instantly. But this guy, <laughs> nope, he just gets pinned. And well, then, uh, I guess the other ones are getting hit straight in the heart, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's he, This guy sucks. I'm sorry. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's no good. He's, he's fine here because he's just somebody for Blade to stab. Um, it also introduces his um, his Bladerang, which oh. is used so seldomly in this movie and needs to be used more. That thing is cool. You know, it's, and that's a neat little little toy that he has. And. Luckily, three guys decide to stand right next to each other in a line <laughs> so he could slash their throats and kill them in one swoop. And then he gives this little weird grin. Oh, man. And he does the, the fist pump. What is that? <laughs> is that like a comic book thing? Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Know, but it, it stood out to me hardcore. Like this badass who just killed a, a couple dozen vampires. Yeah, fist pump. <laughs> I feel like Hell that yeah. was a night. Exactly. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I don't think that was anything but just him being him. <laughs> hey guys, so we got to retake this. Sorry, yeah. Hey guys, we got to retake this. Why? Why, Mister Blade? Because I got a fist pump. <laughs> fist pump. Especially the more you say of how much of how much he uh-huh. had in control, that feels like it was just him being him in this, you know, in the character, not like it. Yeah. And take that for a grain of salt. That might have been more in Blade 2 after this was a big success. But I know he had he was heavily into this character and really that. invested in for no real reason or purpose. But well, yeah, we'll continue on. <laughs> but yeah, though they stab Beardy in the in the shoulder. And um, they light him on fire. And they light him on fire, which is pretty neat, you know. And again, it's also teaching us a lot about vampires. How um, you know he says. How am I going to kill you this time? You know, so you, you're learning. Oh, okay, they can regenerate, and it's hard to completely finish him off. Although he could have just yeah through his heart, cut off his head. Yeah, like he just did the rest of the, the vampire crew. <laughs> I mean, he, just... he had time. He I mean, if he would have killed him, this movie would have been a lot different. <laughs> because yeah, by I mean... not killing this guy in this one part, so many things happen in the rest of that that in this movie. I mean, technically, the movie would have he wouldn't the movie would have ended a lot differently if he didn't do this because it would have he would have never met other characters. But it was just one of those things where it's like, couldn't you just kill the guy and be done with it? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this is a movie, and the guy do movie things. So I know we're nitpicking. And Blade, the cops <laughs> come, and I was thinking at the time, like the cops, how did they know it was here? But I guess they saw like a stream of bloody vampires leaving a building. Three hundred vampires just fleeing. I'm sure somebody <laughs> called the cops. Yeah, they might have heard the gunshots. Yeah, maybe. yeah. depending on how far down this is. Exactly. Yeah. Again, I, I you know see a stream of vampires fleeing a building. You're like, huh? Should probably investigate that. Hey, fire department, why don't you come here with the fire extinguisher just in case? 
there's a guy on fire. We need to put you out, you know, because firefighters always come along with the cops when they arrive on the scene. You see, they come in pairs in this city. They picky silliness, whatever. It's the device, and we can They're move on. Very nonchalant about a man on fire. The guy's yeah. just like, put him out. <laughs> there's no concerns. Like it's the eighth guy on fire tonight. I mean, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> put him out. <laughs> it's weird. So then we I, end up. I, I, you know, problem. Yeah. Like I. Oh, I, and then this, I enjoy all the different like romps this movie takes. Like the fact that you have the next part is you know more kind of building the plot, but you have them in the lab, and this one introduces the the female of the movie. I don't remember her name or have any idea who she was. I just called her girl the whole movie. <laughs> I called her Karen, Karen right? Is it Karen? Yeah, and it's not Vivica A. Fox. I had to look that up because no, it's definitely not. And I, I like this. Like, I like the autopsy scene. I mean, one is kind of like, it's a stupid scene where you have the guy that she dates. Like, oh, hey, you need to come talk to this body. He's like, we're not talking about us. Like, no, we won't talk about us. And then while they're doing the autopsy, hey, can we get back together? Like, I'm like, you fucking idiot. Like, it, it works just because it has a small payoff mm-hmm. way later in the movie. But it was just like 90s. Curtis. No, Curtis. Is that the guy's name? Curtis? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Curtis doesn't, doesn't do so well. When they're doing the autopsy and they're starting to cut up Crispy, Crispy wakes up and bites Curtis pretty quickly, like really quickly, and then attacks her. And, and then when she's getting bit, and this is when Blade shows up because he came to go finish the job. He waited a little too long. My favorite thing the Blade does is that when the action starts, he just appears. Like, you never see him come on screen. He's just there. He's just there. He just, he knew. He, he, I think I could say, like, he knew crispy was going to go run off to the where's the best place to take a charred cadaver but you know to the <laughs> hospital i can see that's okay but yeah. just to back up a second to that scene i'm surprised you guys didn't love that i thought it was an excellent bit of distraction filmmaking because you have these two people saying this mundane stuff around this charred beast and you don't really think he's going to wake up like i first time i saw it i jumped out of my chair <laughs> and i still jumped and i knew it was coming Again, 20 times, but 20 times. it's a very effective deflection, right? So you have these two characters talking about boring nonsense, like their boring relationship. So at this point, you're relaxing as a filmmaker, as a viewer. You're just kind of like, okay, I guess this is kind of building stuff. These two characters don't know him, but I guess I'll pay attention. This may have to pay off. Bam! And then you have this monster appear who then, when they cut to him off the table, he's clearly in like trash bags and crumpled, <laughs> covered in Vaseline. <laughs> and uh, it's very stupid. I didn't um, catch. I didn't even notice that, or even yeah, think about it. It's very effective um, distraction, you know, horror distraction, right? For a good jump scare, an, an earned jump scare too. They they did a lot of work for it, so uh, I really do enjoy that. And then of course he bites Curtis in a very violent, gross way, very animalistic, which again is kind of showing the animal side of the vampire, and then. Evidently gives uh, Karen a loving, more loving slow motion bite and doesn't get all the way through. He escapes. And then um, <laughs> Wesley Snipes has that wonderful line to the cops because instead of oh shooting the crispy, the, <laughs> the crispy man who's fleeing, he, they shoot Blade. I forget what the line is like. What are you thinking, mother ever? Like something yeah. like that. It says, yeah. motherfuckers, are you out of your goddamn mind? This cr- like, I put my notes, never go full Wesley Snipes. <laughs> that, that's definitely something he had lived. Mm, yeah. And never go full Samuel L. Jackson if you're not Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> that's a that's a hit. That's a Jackson yeah, line. Yeah. Yeah, like he's off. this cool collected character almost the entire movie, and then he gets lines <laughs> like this. It feels so out of place. 
and they're so centerpiece, which is another side of it. They're so front and center of everything going on here. The mo- the world stops for him to deliver these lines. <laughs> like they stop shooting, everything stops. They shoot him a lot in this movie too. Like even like in this scene, he's getting shot a ton at this part. I mean, he has a bulletproof vest on, and apparently these cops only shoot his stomach, you know, his chest area where the, where the vest is. But again, they should have shot the crispy guy that just attacked someone. No, let's go shoot the other guy that is standing there with a sword on his back. That's eh, fine. So crispy I mean, escapes. Not. No, that's fair. I, I do like the escape part. I thought about when he throws her out the window. Fuck her, shoot him and dead. There's nothing there. She wouldn't have been okay. She's no, yeah, she would have dolls into the next building. <laughs> yeah, and she's fine. She's like, oh, you know, my my head hurt. I'm like, you'd be dead, woman. Like, there's there's no. I mean, he'd be fine, but he just threw you and you bounced off. So that wasn't a trampoline. That wasn't a you know a nice cushion. No, even a nice cushion, you'd still been you'd not been okay. <laughs> so, that just that that I was like, mm, I don't know about this. Poor but man. I mean, again, I'm nitpicking. But I, I I enjoyed it. Like I I was on board. And then when you go to Blade's hideout, and I like how he brings her back and. You meet Whistler for the first time, which is this old mentor figure who's like, I, I don't, you know, I will be lucky if she makes it through the night and stuff like that. And it kind of shows how cold he is, too. He's like, you know, if she wakes up and she cha- or she changes, you, it's your, you're taking care of it. I want to back up real quick to the, the guy shooting a blade. Yes. Like, I assume this was hotels or uh, hospital security that was shooting at him because, like, Blade, the, the cops just kind of show yeah. up. And they start unloading on him with heavy rounds, enough to tear up that door that he ducks into. And like, <laughs> why? Why do they have this there? <laughs> and what, my question was, why'd you save him for the end? Why'd you let him lead out <laughs> with his assault rifle? You know, yeah. highly trained sniper. Why'd you guys fire away at him with your nine millimeter, you know, pistols, <laughs> your sidearms? Just let that guy take a take a crack at him. But again, you know, raising stakes and. It makes for a pretty cool slow motion gun scene and slow motion yeah. bullet hitting door scene, and <laughs> that's how yeah, you know it's the late nineties. Exactly, that is that is very of the time. And, and Whistler, a lot of oh. just slow motion. Oh yeah, thing. it likes the slow motion a lot. Yeah, I imagine once a day on set, there's a different cast member or crew member that's like, "Hey, did you guys see the Matrix?" <laughs> I don't think the Matrix was out yet. Matrix was ninety nine. Was it? I think it was 97 for some reason. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah, maybe it was. I mean, I would imagine it was in production around the same time, but eh. But uh, yeah. And then Chris Christopherson as Whistler. 1999. 99, okay. There you go. Yeah, so this this missed the, this was being filmed probably in conjunction with The Matrix. Maybe they were comparing notes. (laughs) Possibly. Yeah, we Uh, need uh, not Jeff Bridges. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was always. it's it's always amazing that he's I see him in movies. He's a legendary uh, country artist and uh, songwriter. He uh, wow. he wrote um, my one well, of my favorite Johnny Cash songs. Um, but he was also in a Scorsese movie. Was he in Alice Goes to Wonderland? I don't remember. But yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's he's renowned musician and songwriter. So wow. he's done a ton of stuff. So to see him in this movie, just cu- cursing and drinking and acting <laughs> recklessly. Is actually kind of fun. Yeah, he had a lead in uh, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, which is a Scorsese movie that doesn't involve the mob, surprisingly. Oh, I never heard of so, it. So, very early Scorsese. It's very good. So, I mean, that's I've never heard of it either. I've never seen all his movies, but I know most of them. Yeah, 1970s era. Again, before oh, Mean Streets and, and all that. But anyway, Chris When you have the hideout after you get introduced, also when you have the, what, I, what I wrote down, the garlic injection where you have him like strapped <laughs> to the chair and they inject something into the serum, which... Turns out it's something to do with garlic. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> essence of garlic. I hope that's covered by our HMO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how's the dental plan with coming uh, when you're a, a vigilante, a vampire hunting vigilante? I hope that those perks work out for you. Dental plan. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the vampire teeth. Yeah, we can just keep going. Let's build that period. Oh, uh, uh, it, it's still good though. Like I, I enjoyed this part. Like I enjoy how you know setting up is giving you know you're getting a little bit of information what's going on, and then also this is when it jumps back to the board. This is when you first see the other like the vampire hierarchy. Like you see this boardroom in a dark area with a bunch of old people sitting there, which you find out are all vampires. You have frost that enters in and and they kind of give you the little, the quick rundown of how these guys are born vampires. And the ones that were born are the ones that are in charge. And this guy is like a half breed because he was turned. And I I like that. I like how the main villain of the movie frost is a guy who's not even a full blood vampire. He's just some guy like, and, and I like that disdain they have for someone that's not a pure blood. It was nice to see Vigo got work after Ghostbusters too, because that one guy on the council looks. He's another one I had to look up. I'm like, that sure looks like Vigo, but no, was it Vigo? No, yeah. it wasn't. Oh no? <laughs> oh, no. That's the that, that's the guy who plays the the rich dude in Ace Ventura, the one where he goes to the mansion for the party. He, he plays the the owner oh, of that mansion. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I got. Yeah. You. I forget his name. He's done a bunch of stuff. Um, known <laughs> character actor, but. It's just, I like a lot of this. I actually wanted more lore. I, I like the idea of this kind of classism between, you know, again, the pure bloods and the and the the turned vampires. This is neat. Uh, this is actually pretty interesting. You know, it's kind of shows the two different generations, these stuffy corporate types who try to keep the peace and just keep things status quo and these rebellious youth, you know, again, as late 90s is, you know, kind of extreme and Boy, is Deacon Frost super de duper <laughs> extreme and and cold and edgy and broody. It's he, it's very of its time. I don't know the actor because we were talking about before the mm. recording. He hasn't really been in a lot of things, but he does a good job in this. I felt. Yeah, he, like as much as I kind of shit all of his movies so far, but like his acting was was one of the high points for me. He does a great job. He gave me some serious Magneto vibes here too, talking about how. Vampires should roll over the humans and basically run the earth themselves. Yeah, he's great. He's he's he does a really good job. Steven Dorff is the uh, the actor. He's good in the role he's asked to play, but the role itself has not aged well. So that's why when people like look at this movie now, they kind of laugh and make fun of him. But he does a good job with the material he's given. Like he does his job. Um, he also did a movie called Somewhere. It was a Sofia Coppola movie, um, uh, mid two thousands. Twenty ten. 2010 it's fine he's fine it's a very different role it's extremely slow and brooding and sad and you know kind of melancholy movie but he's having fun and i like when actors have fun with silly roles and he has a lot of fun with this and um it it shows i like him you know he was one of the better parts of this movie and i mean i enjoyed this whole movie but (laughs) (laughs) so let's just get that out there but I, i i enjoyed like this whole with all the vampire stuff i enjoyed like you were saying seeing the hierarchy and and just the way that he plays his character and and the villain that he plays throughout this movie i think is very well done he has like a single-minded motivation but it's a pretty strong one um you know he his belief system is that we should not be you know bowing down to the humans there are food we eat them we're the predators they're the prey why are we why are we you know tap dancing around and hiding in the shadows let's party let's let's enjoy the fact that we're superhuman creatures that have yeah which which i could totally see you know like an early 20 year old 
you know, vampire who loves his rave music and <laughs> and his uh, and his sharp collars and you know his haircut and all the rest of it. You know, this edgy guy thinking, you know, why, why are we sitting around in the boardroom? Let's just give in a bit to our animalistic nature, and um, it's cool. I, yeah, I wish they had done more with it. Actually, he's I'm also like a vampire of the masquerade too. It, there's a lot of the the politics behind the scenes of vampires and that too. At least in the game, I don't know anything about the tabletop. I'm sure there is too. I'll to try. I, I do want to play that someday. Yeah, hey, I almost did. <laughs> but and also like this, I, I do. They have a small scene that needs to be mentioned where they go to where Blake goes to a, a supply store, which is like some random guy who reminds like a voodoo doctor, where he just goes and he gets up more. He gets his garlic, his garlic essence stuff, the serum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it's a small scene, but and then I was actually wrong. The injection scene happens after this when the girl wakes up and sees him getting injected. But the part that I want to mention is the part. There's a there's a part where they're talking about they're going to go somewhere and what they're going to do, and you have a huge info dump. You have what I call the blade mobile, but there's a part where Whistler is filling up the gas tank. He takes the gas, he's pouring gas all over before he shoves it in the car, and then he lights up the smoke. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> well, that doesn't seem like a very good idea. Yeah, I wrote that down too. Just slopping his gasoline and lighting a cigarette. This is all kind of like showing his character as a, a devil may care. I don't care. I'm just going to light a cigarette next to a pile of gas that I just sloppily <laughs> poured into this, this classic car. Gas? Like, why are you yeah, pouring it in your place? Like, shouldn't you, you know, Put it in the car and then turn on the gas. Not my gas. Fuck it. We'll just start TV, you know, spreading around. I don't know. I, I just thought that was funny. Especially when he likes a cigarette. I'm like, hmm, okay. Yeah. And this also scene where they're kind of again info dumping about, you know, hey, you know, your serum's wearing off, but she could be useful. She's a hematologist and hematologist. Yeah. And, uh, you know, fancy word for blood doctor, which again is very devicey. That's a very writery ass thing to write, but, you know, fine. We got to keep things moving. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting, and I like his his violent reaction to the serum. It's clearly not a fun thing to um, engage in. And also, one other thing too, I noticed is so she takes off because she's like, okay, I want nothing to do with these creepos. They're clearly something's weird going on. They stop her. Uh, the chain link fence evidently was just too much for her to master. <laughs> yeah, Whistler and, doesn't try to like call out to her, but like, hey, listen for a second. He just chases yeah. off after. Her. Yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna shamble off after you with my <laughs> bum leg. Hey! <laughs> but my question is, why did Blade? So he stops her, then Blade appears because he says the word Blade, and that means Blade has to appear. Why does he show up with his blade orang in his hand? Like, what was his goal with that? Was he just gonna cut her down if she got past the chain lake fence? That's uh, what I, I think. I just assumed that it was because she was bit. They were like expecting her to turn at some point. Oh, so fair. That's a good maybe. point. Yeah, that's 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 definitely fair. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. I will cross out that note. <laughs> I do want to point out the start of the scenes when she wakes up and she finds Blade's katana and uh, activates the little hilt blade oh, and yeah. sprouts out of it because that uh, that comes back around later. Sure does. A couple times. Yep. Yeah, a couple. Yep. Yeah, a couple times. Actually, really pivotal towards the end. Um, that thing's neat. I still like that. That's, <laughs> That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. A little little self defense. I think it's kind of silly. This little trigger that stops it. It's like, oh, but I, I do think that's like some little mechanical device that prevents somebody from from picking it up if they don't know what to what to do with it. I also point out here very quickly of his shrine that isn't referenced a lot. Like he has a shrine, I guess, to his mom, I think, because they show his her license, which somehow he has. Yeah. How he has her license. I don't know. Fine. <laughs> um, Wesley Snipes uh, drew a lot of inspiration from Samurais when doing this. 
So and if you know that, everything makes sense. A lot the of samurai stand still a lot when they fight. <laughs> well, but he, just in the way he he approaches, you know, again his shrine, everything's very methodical. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really move much. He it's the stoicism, I guess, and the mysticism. But he based his character um, on samurais. That's kind of how he pictured Blade. Instead of a gun-toting vampire, vampire Punisher who just fires guns and shoot things, that's kind of where he was going mentally. Yeah, not really. It doesn't quite do the trick, but um, that's kind of where that comes from. So, Yeah, methodical is the first word that came to mind, too, when you started describing that. We also see uh, Karen get her vampire mace in this scene. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what what was it? It's like silver nitrate and essence of garlic it's like, again. Essence of garlic, yeah. Jeez, <laughs> oh, that comes back around too. Yeah, a couple times. Most jokes they keep they play off multiple times. They don't just let things go, which I'm fine with. Like I I enjoyed this, you know, like I, I didn't have any problem in this movie, like stuff like that. It works for me. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so then we get that she decides to stay. Because Whistler told her to. Then we get some more <laughs> exposition on what they do. Vampire hunting. Vampires migrate. Um, they go from city to city. Their stuff's pretty well set up, though. I mean, I can't imagine them building all that tech and all those, like, lairs and whatnot for a place that's just transient. But, okay, that's fine. <laughs> they get the introduced to... The I'm archive sorry, room? Yeah, no, it's just interesting. Like, they have so much stuff built in, clearly, you know, lots of infrastructure the vampires do. So to think that they're transient, they move from town to town, doesn't fit with what we're seeing. I would think some would, but, like, the higher-ups aren't moving around. Or if they are, I mean, because if you're someone that lives forever, you probably just come back over time. I guess. I mean, so, yeah, maybe they kind of spread, I guess. I don't know. I just felt weird to me when they were saying it, because evidently, you know, Blade Town, you know, random town that doesn't have name, Huh. Is uh, it's pretty much a hub, maybe the capital of vampire vampire kingdom. So I don't know. Well, it's I mean, Marvel. I just assume it's New York. Yeah, it's just they're it all feels you like know, New York or or newspaper land. Considering all the paper that's flying around every time they're on the streets <laughs> of this city. Is, well, isn't uh, that New York that, in the seventies? Yeah. Well, this doesn't take place in the seventies, sir. I know, but that's <laughs> what it reminded me of. Yeah, yeah. I feel like when you watch, you see stuff from the 70s, you'll see newspapers everywhere, like in New York. And uh, that's just yeah. what I didn't yeah. really question that. Like, I didn't question nah, that. You know. Again, this is me looking at it after seeing it 20 times. So I have a different perspective than <laughs> I mean, the first time. Highlander, that just taught me anything. So. People who are immortal are going to have things they're going to build and keep and go back to as time yeah. passes. Yeah, no, and I like that. I like the idea they keep they keep the vampire Bible and all that. I think that's cool. Like all that lore is actually pretty pretty pretty. Oh, we're gonna get there real soon. We're not yeah. that far away from it. But and also, I, I like how he drops off the girl. He just like, oh, see you later. He just takes her, drops her off at her I house, know. and game. leaves her. And it doesn't take long where she goes in her apartment. She's in her apartment, and this cop, this random stupid cop, shows up. He's like, "Hey, you know, uh, your your work report you missing?" Which makes sense. Like, you just just you got kidnapped. Like, it makes sense that they would show up at your house. But I, I like this right before that when she's in the elevator and you see the two random tattoos on the guy on the people's mm-hmm. necks that they don't explain. And then the cop comes in, and I don't think it takes very long before she start. He tries to shoot her, and she sprays him with the garlic. And he's like, "What the fuck? You think I'm a vampire?" Like, I I like that. That was funny to me. Who said I was a vampire? Blade just appears. No one. Yeah, very, <laughs> Blade just appears. Very quickly, I just want to go back because we missed a scene where Frost is in his uh, in his study room. Oh, uh, decoding, yeah. Decoding. Sassy Frost. Yes. Oh, he is extremely sassy, Frost, in this, <laughs> in this scene. 
where um, where uh, not Vigo comes down and, and kind of <laughs> gives him a little more business. You know, you're just a, you're not a pure blood. And uh, him listening to his hyperactive electronica. Um, yeah, again, very, I didn't realize I like that it. was supposed to be music at first. I'm like, what is that sound that I it hear? It is not good. And also, <laughs> I like, I like a lot of electronic music. I genuinely do. That's not good. That's, that's just <laughs> noises and bloops and bleeps and drum hits. That's not great. Um, I just like that cause all that great nineties tech that looks so cool back in the day, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not a flat screen monitor. It's like decoding. It's like a windows 95 program. That's like just doing a sliding puzzle thing. It's, very good, very of its time. Um, I just like pointing out because I do like that sort of nostalgic hit. But yeah, I then you get the. But oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, that, you're right. That music was just strange. <laughs> but uh, again, a little more character building of of uh, of Frost. Kind of his uh, I don't give a shit attitude was uh, was fun. And then of course that bumbling cop, our almost sort of comic relief, and Blade shows up out of nowhere, smashes her apartment up. Relief. Well, kinda. He's kind of like this comic foil. Like he's has no business, you know, being in the situation he's in. It, it's just humorous watching him get smacked around because there's literally no stakes. Like there's, there's this guy is no match <laughs> for anybody. Like no match for a cockroach, let alone, let alone Blade. Um, I like how he just smashes him around her apartment. And she's like, "Would you stop that?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's a very natural thing to say. Like, could you just do this without breaking everything I own? Like I plan yeah. on surviving. I made a note of that too. She's like, is all that necessary? Just referencing movie violence that we all take for granted, just smashing things for the sake of smashing things. Yeah. It, I mean, it works. I, I, I would just think, I mean, when he, he beats the shit out of that cop and then they go out in the street and he keeps beating the shit out of the cop. And all I could think of was like, well, and nobody says anything. And I think yeah. I even made a comment to my wife like, oh, it must be 2020. She's like, why didn't anybody say anything? I'm like, ah, oh, 2020. They don't, you know. So broad just, daylight. Yeah, broad daylight. Just, yeah, just, no one calls the cops. Just, nobody's like, oh, well. That's all I could think of. Yeah, it introduces also the idea. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it just introduces the idea of familiars, which never comes up again in this movie. It the comes idea. up in the second movie, though. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a, yes. I, I have to say this line. I'll say it when we when we cover the next the second movie in a year from now. Um, the part where the there's a part in the second movie in the lawyer, and I thought with this movie, I was waiting, I was waiting, it didn't show up where the lawyer shows up and he's like, "You're human. I'm a lawyer, so not really," or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I just that line is always stuck with me for this series. But yeah, you're right. The familiars they don't really like after. I mean, you see the familiar throughout the movie because a lot of people he's gunning down are familiar, so they don't they don't blow up or anything. They just die. I always read that as they just ran out of special effects money. <laughs> that might have been more true, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's only so many, you know, martial arts trained vampires out there in the world. But I thought of that, too. I'm like, you're just shooting these dudes and just laying there. Maybe they are, like you said, just familiars who are, you know, foot soldiers. They just hire. Some have the tattoo, I want to say. Yeah, I think they mentioned the, it. Yeah, some have the tattoo. If you have the tattoo, that's a sign of who you belong to. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Okay with that. I wonder how many dumbasses got that barcode tattoo on their neck in 1998, 99. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> I'm sure I anybody, but I'm sure people did. <laughs> yeah, that and the uh, the tribal tattoo that's on Blade's head and neck and back, uh, which, again, very of its time. I was actually last night. It was it was almost one in the morning when I finished watching this movie. I, I don't sleep anymore. And uh, I popped on the special features real quick just to see. And there was a pre-production guy who explained that. Stephen Norrington, the director, uh, last minute took a still from from Wesley Snipes in costume and in Photoshop 
And the production designer refers to him as a genius. In a genius move, Stephen Norrington, resident genius, spent a half an hour in Photoshop and put this tattoo on this image of Blade's head, and it became this like iconic thing. But it was like this thing he just whipped up in 15 minutes, <laughs> just on his computer. Like, I got nothing else better to do. Let's put a tattoo on his head. And it became like a defining staple of the character, the the, the tribal tattoo. Huh. Pretty cool. The more you know. Yeah, I learned something I did not know about this movie or about there's the character. Lots, there's lots to learn about this one. Um, yeah, I, then, I do like okay. like the way they track the cop. Like they're sitting in the car waiting for him to show up, and they're, and she's like, "No one's that stupid." And all of a sudden, you see the guy <laughs> run back to his car, jump in his car because he had deli- a delivery of blood, which he never makes, so he has to get it delivered. And yeah. I thought that was interesting. Also, when he gets in the car, he call the first thing he does is call the safe house. He's like, "Hey, the clinic, we got to empty." I'm thinking to myself, it's daytime when you get your ass beat. It's nighttime now. Don't you think he maybe should have called that in like, you know, three hours ago? Like, why are you calling in now thinking he hasn't already been there and emptied the plate? I don't know. Just kind of like, I'm like, well, it's a little late for that. Couldn't you, you know, found a payphone? It is 1998. Like something, not, I'll yeah. wait till I get in my car and grab their car radio and then tell them. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid, but. So it's also I, the first time I noticed that when Blade wears his coat, he's got a hole in the back of it for the sheath of his sword. So he's I like. Catch that. <laughs> he's, I that. He's just got a hole that he puts puts the sword into. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's effective. I didn't notice it either. That's great. 20 times here, and I didn't notice it. And I do like when they go to the safe house after they follow the cop, and you have that whole part where they're sitting in the car, and he's like, that's a vampire. It's a prostitute. She's a vampire. He's a vampire. She's like, how do you know? Like, I, I like, that was cool to me. Yeah. He explains himself, but it's it's, it's still. great world. It's great world building, right? It's, it's great. You know, he it's uh, yeah, showing he's there's two sides to him. It's good. It's very good. And, and it Why shows the whole oh. effect of these vampires in the city and how much they control and how much they are like ingrained in society. And I love that fact of yeah. thinking that you're walking by like the average person walk by all these killers and have no idea what's happening. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's very, very, very effective. And I, I agree. I think it's great. Um, I don't know why he armed her. Like, why did he decide <laughs> to take her along on this adventure? Yeah, I guess like, well, you're here, you're a body. One less, one more person to shoot at. You know, I guess. Especially when she gives him a, a he gives her a gun. He's like, you know, how to use it. She's like, not yet, but I'll learn. Like, okay, maybe I'll just take that back for now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's it's not a it's not a Nikon from 1998. It's not a point and shoot. Like there is a little <laughs> bit of skill you have to fire a, a firearm, you know, effectively. Just a handgun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shotgun, point and shoot, you'll be okay, but you won't be. That doesn't really work when you're using a handgun. <laughs> I mean, if you're not aiming in the general direction, it's not going to do anything. Yeah. So they walk into the. Uh, they get past the safeguard by just pushing him into some glass. No one notices. Excellent. <laughs> they go into this very creepy, weird, unsettling Japanese schoolgirl show. Yes. that <laughs> All the singers are dressed up like I'm like, this is just. And, 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 and then my wife just like Japanese are weird sometimes. That's sometimes. exactly <laughs> what I said. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's probably not that far off. Like the, the, the things I've seen in anime and things like, and you know, things from that culture. I'm like, yeah, it's probably not that far off from how they are sometimes it's probably just another business it was just nice is like hey i got an idea for this place yeah. <laughs> it, it's, I don't, yeah. it's weird but i do like he beats up the cop again and the guy's like it's in the freezer the stairs are in the freezer and he beats him up some more it's like i'm not kidding i feel like up the freezer i love that look stairs. that blade gives him like how stupid do you think i yeah. am 
<laughs> it's yeah. it is funny. Like I I did laugh at that part when and just the just Wesley Snipes' face, even though he has sunglasses on, majority of this movie, like his face is just it's just kind of, he, he does a good job looking yeah. stupid and it works. Or, you know, give that like you think like you said. You think I'm dumb? Think I'm stupid? Oh, and then yeah. we get we get Bill's favorite line here. Go go back and tell Frost that it's open season and all suckheads. Yep, that's it. <laughs> My God, listen, <sighs> hey, Mister Goyer, if you're at that. Mr. Goyer, there's a backspace key on your keyboard. You can, you, that's that's first draft stuff, and that's fine. First draft that comes out, and you go, you, you can delete that. You don't need to keep that in the movie because boy, oh boy, it is not good. Not uh, good. Could have just been telling this hunting season or something. They were supposed Again. to be dickheads, and I typoed. Yeah, exactly. It's right. <laughs> exactly. I and it's so front and center, like it is framed. As like this big badass moment where he just delivers, and there's a bunch of those in this movie, which again is very of its time, where you know you throw out the big catchphrase, and boy, none of these catchphrases really work when they do that. <laughs> Frost has a couple, you know, old vampire has a couple when we missed, but not good. Oh boy, you know, the, the, the lines in this movie. I mean, I like the one that we start, you know, the way we started the show. Like we picked the the weirdest, the dumbest shit we could find to start the show. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I, I I did like it when he goes in the archive room, and all I could and the, in the archive room when you see like all the the pages of the Bible. This is when you see, no, this is not the Bible. This is just the archive with the all the files and the technology where they make the they make the comment about how their technology is ahead of the rest of the people or something. Someone makes that comment. Yeah, something like yeah that. there's yeah, this is like the the archive, you know, the giant data banks that hold Which vampire I can buy data. That. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I can totally see them, you know, modernizing and trying to, you know, vampires probably been around for, you know, tens upon thousands of years and they probably have a lot of data and they archive it. And yeah, I'm cool with that. Um, but then we go to Frost Party before we come back to the giant yes, gross creature. I, I like the party because it I was under I was kind of confused. Why the hell? Because they have this party in this building and some tower. Why the hell are there rubber ducks in the pool? <laughs> You're not getting those back when they go over the edge. <laughs> I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, they probably put in an order to Oriental Trading. You know, you can get them by the dozen, yeah. and just, you know, the, I, yeah. I mean, it works. It didn't. It just. I was just confused. I'm like, why because are because it's cool. It's '90s cool. This all is this, what a '90s rave would be, or '90s. All this weird shit. I just want to attribute to Wesley Snipes. Now it's like I want ducks in the pond in the pool. Remember <laughs> <laughs> ducks in there. <laughs> all right, Mr. Snipes, we gave you full control of your character, not the set design of the entire film. I, I also like when the cop shows up and he's like, "They, he's coming for you," and he says whatever the hell he says to Frost, and Frost just just kills him, like he just kills him and throws him in the water. Yeah, you're done. It's this, again showing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Is this the introduction of the of that crazy white girl? Uh, uh, the blonde. Yeah, I don't know her name, but crazy white girls that I called her throughout this movie. The blonde is in the very beginning scene. I think she's the one that Tracy Lord starts dancing with, where they have that oh, weird yep. jump oh, cut. Oh yeah, doe-eyed and wearing a jacket. That's a big. Th- this is a nitpick. Back to the beginning. <laughs> if you're gonna wear a jacket, wear the jacket. Don't wear it like eight tenths off of your shoulder. It's it, it's so obnoxious <laughs> to me. Just take the damn thing off or put it on. You can cut this out in the in, County <laughs> Crows. In Counting Crows, in the famous Mrs. Jones video, it's just the lead singer, whose name I can't remember, with his band singing Me and Mrs. Jones. It's a good song. And he has his jacket half off his shoulders the entire time. 
his fringe jacket is half off his shoulders, and I kept, I'm like, put the damn jacket off. Take it off or put it on. You're panicking me. I don't like Billy, this half on, half Billy off Paul, nonsense. I think. Billy Paul? No, I don't, Maybe, I don't know. Billy Paul came up when I Googled. I don't know. No, that's, I have no idea. Well, I said, feel, feel free to cut that stupid aside. But in this <laughs> moment, yeah, she's in the beginning. I think she's the one that Tracy Lords dances with. And then, um, yeah, you reintroduce the character as her, as his girlfriend, I guess. Billy and, uh, Jones, this, Billy Paul is from 1972. Yeah, Billy Paul's a legend. Me and Mrs. Jones is one of the greatest soul songs ever written. I love Billy Paul. Anyway, um, he. Places we go on this show. Yeah, it's just <laughs> random. It's random. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so basically what we uh, have here is, sorry, I had a notification pop up. Do, do ignore all this. Um, <laughs> so basically the, uh, what we have here is basically showing the divide between how bumbling the humans are and how aggressive badass the, uh, yeah, how aggressively badass the vampires are, right? You have this bumbling familiar who's doofy and dumb and, um, they say the word bitch way too many times <laughs> why is everybody calling each other a bitch like i don't understand that and um yeah it's effective you got all the cool stuff going on showing I mean, that the new vampires are cool and you'd want to hang out with them even though those people really don't exist in my experience like when certain people are drinking they like in my experience with women they would use the word bitch a lot to each other when they're all drunk <laughs> if any of their assholes are not people in general i don't know i've seen it uh, bars, like oh hey bitch how you doing bitch and i'm just like get me out of here it's a very so, asshole thing to do. I've seen it when I've been at bars. I'm sitting there because I'm the sober one because I don't drink at bars. And I'm sitting there like one time I was watching Portrait of Ruin Castlevania videos. And I'm like, why am I here? So, yeah, that happened. <laughs> That's very... Okay, so, as we were saying, back to this, what we're at the, to at the top of the scene, is it when he finally uh, decodes the the uh, the old text or is that later on? I felt like it was here. I think that's happening right now because it, after you have the party, you have the part where all I could think of was Bill must have been just clapping right around this part when you when you see Pearl for the first oh, time. Dear God, I Pearl is one of for those that have never seen this movie and are listening to this episode. Just Google Pearl. Oh. Don't 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 do that. I, I was <laughs> going to say do I don't know what that would come up, but if you Google Pearl from the Blade 1998 film, yeah. you should get and just it is the ugliest. thing thing in the world which apparently was in the comics i had no idea oh really okay i mean it's a big fat like just giant like vamp <laughs> oh my god giant vampire and it just looks so freaking gross and she she's in charge of the archives or something and i and i think there's a, a line to frost he's like pearl you're dead get over it like it's over Die with some grace or something like that. Yeah. She reminds me of like a boss that would have been in Dante, the Dante's Inferno game or something. Yeah. Or, or like God of War. Just, I <laughs> yeah, horrifying. It really just disgusting. Like they even put in a dumb fart because I guess that's yeah. that's what the, that's the tone of this movie. And <laughs> it's she's yeah, just horrendous. And they just be- oh great thanks you know what Mike, you're welcome just put just put that image in front he just put up an image of i guess a production designer you know leaning over this oh, this just horrific character yeah she does she is just there for them to harm in a very sad and brutal way i actually end up feeling sorry for her because she's completely defenseless and they're just picking on her this I mean, to me so is really sad i didn't like this i felt it was no like reason what you- to like why she starts- they, yeah. they earlier in this, like we didn't talk about this, but one of the tools that they get 
is they get a UV flashlight thing that has a big battery pack on it, and there's some dumb lines where they're like, oh, this is heavy. Well, you're strong. <laughs> or something stupid. I, like, I actually uh, like that line. It's like, it's oh, so heavy. Yeah, but you're so big. Yeah, that's a good line. <laughs> I don't like But it doesn't matter. But the, the, what I want to say is that, like, it's just, you're right, though. It's terrible. Like, they're trying to get information out of this out of this creature, and he starts talking. He starts saying things. He's giving them information, and then he's like, and then Wesley Snipes walks off to go do something, and he's like, hey, if, if, if he moves, hit him. And then all of a sudden, the girl just turns it on and just murders him, and he's already getting crispy as you're watching the scene, and they keep, mur- and they keep burning him, and she just murders this vampire in cold blood. She murders it. And it, you're right. It's kind of like it. Here, are the heroes, and at the same time, the heroes aren't really heroes either. They're kind of like not the best either. Yeah. I mean, yes, this thing probably deserved to die, but there's a lot easier. You know, it's a very like gruesome way to kill it. Yeah, but, I just kind of saw it as her taking out all this frustration over the last couple of days of seeing her ex boyfriend killed in front of her, and then she was attacked, and the yeah. cop and all this. And sh- this is someone that can't fight back, so she just kind of takes it out on on Pearl. It's just, yeah. gru- I mean, and the and the gruesome, like all like all the welts and the just the burn. It is just oh, I did not like this part back when I saw it when I was a kid. I still don't like this part, but all I could think of was Bill being like, "Yep." Well, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't eating potato chips and dancing. I mean, I she know. was like it, gruesome, no, but it, it was very effective. I mean, it was disgusting, and that's there's again. I I always say there is a beauty to sometimes the disgusting and and the grossness of the kind of the art behind it. Yeah, no, this was very unsettling, and even at the towards the end of her literal torture, that's what they're doing to her. Yeah. Like she is completely defenseless. She's no. Frost doesn't need her anymore because he's figured out the blood god code. So evidently, he doesn't need her anymore. <laughs> She's just like the archivist. Like she's basically the librarian and they just torch her alive with this UV light slow and painfully towards the end where she is actually squealing, like whining almost in pain and agony. It's I found again, ugh, maybe this is just 2020 bill, but I was really like, oh, wow, that's really, that really sucks. I mean, if you're going to take her out, put her out of her misery. Don't yeah, force her to sit there and scald. Like, why yeah. are you torturing when you don't need to? You're supposed to be a hero. Just kill just kill it. Just shoot it once and be done with it. Like I mean, anti hero yeah, is fine, but gosh, there's really no reason for it. Again, it didn't like ruin anything for me, but for me, just again seeing it for the you know, probably the first time in ten years, maybe. Oof. Yeah, that's yeah. really 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 rough. It was all Karen though, because even even after Blade just kind of looks at her like, What was that about? Yeah. She's like she's like, it moved. It's like Yeah, it's jeez. Yeah, I get you had a bad yes, couple sir. of days there, Karen, but, you know, stop projecting. Way to be a Karen, Karen. But again, this is kind of a horror movie. <laughs> like, this is an action horror movie, but it's, it's in my opinion, it's kind of, it, it does kind of have some horror to it. Oh, yeah, there's lots of horror to it, yeah. And, and this is also when you have, like, I like it when he goes in the archive room and he's walking around there and you have him, you know, there's this girl running around. He confronts, this, you know, just looks like a harmless girl who's probably like 14 years old, and she just starts kicking his ass. Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about her in the early in the party scene. She's watching something on TV, and I kept pausing, going frame by frame, trying to figure out what bad CGI movie it was. And I think it's either Spawn or Mortal Kombat because it kind of looked like Reptile. Really? But she I wasn't couldn't... playing two-player Final Fantasy VIII competitively. <laughs> Charlie's Angels. Wow, <laughs> there's a reference. Wow, it is a reference. A I remember fact. when I saw that. I'm like, that's Final Fantasy VIII. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, they're they're both my new line cinema, th- so I think it might have been one of those two, but I can I can tell it's just a couple seconds of it. Yeah. Anyway, 
back back to back to reality. I said, yeah, that's I, it. I yeah like, we're past like this reality in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> this is also one thing that they do interesting. They do a couple times in this movie from then on. After he's fighting the girl, you have them, they grab, or fighting the, the younger girl, they have, they grab Karen, and they also, like, they grab Blade and tie him, almost like they put a blade, they put that string around his neck and just, like, push him against the pillar, and they kind of start beating the shit out of him a little bit. They put the stakes yeah. in him. They, a garage, yeah. Because um, Crispy, Crispy shows up. Crispy shows yeah. up with some stakes it's, in him. He's had a hand cut off at this point, which I don't think we mentioned, but it's a running joke throughout the movie too. Yeah, he, he gets, gets a hand cut off in the fir- in the in the in the in the beginning fight of the movie. I'm surprised you didn't bring that up, Mike. As much as you like hand hand chopping, that was only because it was an MCU <laughs> phase two. <thing. laughs> it's a Star Wars thing. <laughs> it is a Star Wars. Not here. Yeah, so not the time people hear this. We're not done with it. Yeah, and this is this is also another scene of again people not kicking Blade but kicking him. Like, like you said, they kind of kick his ass. Not really. She just kicks like really <laughs> fast in a number of times, and he just blocks a number of times. Okay. And again, him 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 standing still. And what's weird about this, and I might have missed it, I don't believe there's any real music or score to this. I think it's just him fighting in this archive with no music. <laughs> And when in the first scene where he has his first scene of 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 kicking and punching, you know, scores of enemies, there's music. There's and that heightens it, right? That that makes you feel like it's more exciting than it really is. And this is where for me, I was like, oh, this is just him standing there and not doing much of anything. <laughs> yeah, there's okay. a, a fight scene later on. I'm like, this probably could have benefited from some music or something. It's just people grunting and sword singing and stuff. It's like, yeah, not much they ran on budget. I, yeah, yeah. This, this movie felt, I mean, it's under 50 million, which is not a lot for a movie. No, it's not. But, uh, oh. Yeah. So they, he, he gets trapped and he gets his stakes put into him. And then all of a sudden he starts laughing. Of course. Why are you laughing? And then you hear the little earpiece in his ear. And <laughs> then here comes. Company. Yeah. And here comes Whistler blowing, blowing through the wall. And there it is. I did Escape like this. Time. Oh, I, 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 what this is say? probably my favorite moment where he blows it through the wall. He's like, I catch you fuckers at a bad time. <laughs> that was awesome. good, though. And just starts spraying, pr- spraying and praying just that room <laughs> with his machine guns. Yeah, pretty good. I'm a fan of it. It's one of the better <laughs> parts of the movie. It's it's hey. dumb action, which I'm here for. So, hey, there's yeah. a lot of dumb action, and, and it's fine. Like, and I I enjoyed the whole subway tunnel chase thing, even though the perspective kept changing. Like at certain parts when they're behind or in that in the in the tunnel, they barely have enough room to move. In other parts, they're able to walk single file, and near the end, they're able to walk next to each other and still have room. I mean, somehow that little carryway got bigger and smaller and bigger, but yeah. still. <laughs> I think my wife had caught that when we were watching this, but I, I enjoyed it. Like, I like how you have it. I like the part when he grabs Crispy's and just shoves his face against the train. And it's just, I'm just like, oh, this is just badass. That's good. It's a good bit. Of, and the CG works. It's still pretty good. It's cartoony, but I, I'm a fan of it. Yeah, it's great. And, I, and at one point, because Whistler's like, he's like, Whistler will be fine. You see Whistler jump into a sewer and just disappear. Like, wow. it's all. I was going to ask what happened to him because, like, I just blinked and he was gone. And yeah, you have like, one you small him, so. scene. Where you can see him underneath the tr- when, from the train where he where he slips and hides like he gets into a tunnel and disappears. Yeah, it's like a second. Like you yeah, blink and you small. miss it. So I'm not surprised you missed it because I think you were suffering pain during this movie. So yeah, well, yeah, this, this is not your kind of movie. Like when I we were watching, I'm like, oh, Mike is not enjoying himself. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. 
So I, I just, I really like the whole train scene. This is when, no, this is the first time he cuts off, I think, Crispy's arm. I, I rewatched yeah. the opening scene. He didn't cut off his arm. When, when, uh, when he's got Blade tied up, he takes off the glove and he's like, you cut off my hand, but I got a new one. So it happened sometime before this. I the can't first remember time. what happened then. Yeah, yeah, no, it ha- it's it happens in the uh, it happens in the um, the very beginning when he got we has oh. him staked. I think maybe I didn't um, watch enough of that. Then I was maybe, watching yeah, it. Yeah, in, in the hospital, maybe when he's already burnt. Yeah, that's when. It oh, is. you're right. That's what it is. Yeah, because he okay. he yes yes you're right. When he's he's already burnt, he light slices off his hand and it falls in front of the doctor and she she oh, gets yep. it disappears in front of her and she and her she has the 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 what the f face like. <laughs> so. What yes. happened to that brisket? <laughs> that looked delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we escaped the train, which is which is a good scene, and then we were back at the base. I think. This when yeah. you get a and that's when yes, oh, you all you get your get your. We got to talk about how Blade escapes when the train goes by. And oh, he that's right. Casually grabs onto the back of it. Oh, oh, that's right. right. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Like, part vampire or not, that thing's going to rip your arm clean off. Yep. But I don't know why I hand wave that as just comic book nonsense. I, I just, <laughs> I didn't, didn't crack my, didn't crack my filter. So, like, uh, Karen, pretty- Karen sees it coming. She's like, oh God, you're not going to. And I'm like, what's yeah. he going to do? And then grabs the train. I'm like, nope, no way. You should have had a movie full of armless protagonists. Just <laughs> run up kicking dust at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a baseball umpire. It's um, all money python, holy grail, just uh, come at you. <laughs> Black Knight. <Ugh. laughs> yeah, then we get Blade's backstory here from Whistler to, to Karen. Yep. Yeah, we got him just sucking down just bottles of Jack Daniels. And, <laughs> and there's actually a kind of a reason for that, too. Kind of like, I don't care reason. We learn a lot in this. It fits the character. Moment. Yeah, and I, mean, I don't know if we learn he has cancer yet, but I think that may be later. Uh, uh, yes, I think I want to say it's around, if it isn't, it's around this time we learn he is dying, or no, or maybe earlier in the movie they say he has cancer. I don't remember, but yeah, some point they say he's cancer, but like Whistler's ba- Whistler's backstory is pretty depressing, where you find out that a drifter came to his house and killed his kids and killed him, and made him choose who dies first. Like it's just yeah. kind of fucked up and. And Blade's backstory is the whole thing about how he was, and we already kind of covered where he was born. His yeah. mother was bitten while he was being born. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all pretty. Yeah, because of Daywalk. Um, you know, we have a moment between Karen and Blade where he's just again really stoic and moody and sitting there in his samurai trance, kind of just, <laughs> I've got to find my mom's killer, and it's okay, I guess that's that's reason enough to hunt vampires. Okay. I just thought he was staring at the wall when she walked in. Remind me of. Uh... Billy Madison, you fall in love with the wall or something? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that part was I I just wrote down my notes Blade Room, but after it jump, I do like the part that it jumps to after this, where you have Frost and the and the white the crazy white bitch in the car, and they're putting on like this this oil or this 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 lotion. I'm like, what the hell are they doing? I thought they're about to have sex, and then you realize they're putting on sun vampire sunscreen because <laughs> they get yes. out of the car. And they bring in the one of the vampires you saw from the head, the head console guy, and they're bringing him out. The sun's starting to come up. And I do like their comments like, oh, there's a when's the last time you see a sunrise. Oh, yeah, you were born a vampire. Like, and he just the sun's not even up and he just starts getting crispy. Yeah, it starts smoking. Not, and yeah, yeah. My wife is like, this would not they would not be like they should be burning. I don't care. If they have sunscreen on. And 
and uh, you know, the scene progresses. There's one part they rip his teeth out with pliers. Uh, nope. Oof. Nope. Nope. That was a nope for me too. Like, oh, like nope. he's not happy right now. You hear that and, creaking and that crunching? God, God, God. Like, no, I, no, no, I've, no. I've been there, like, on the receiving end of that. It's, oh, no. No, no But they didn't do it with flyers. Nah, well, maybe. I'm sure you had a, I'm sure you had a hit of no, I mean, it. Was, yeah, I was at least numb, so. Ugh, no, that's no good. He wasn't you, numb. I, you still feel that in your head, though. Oh, yes, you do. Uh-huh. I, I, uh, it's funny because they had the, um, it's not funny. None of the scene is funny. <laughs> when I saw that, when I saw that, uh, the sunscreen, I kind of thought, hey, guys. So, so Deacon, Mr. Frost, may I call you Mr. Frost? You've been like scouring your Windows 95 database to decode <laughs> these ancient scrolls to summon a blood god. The solution is right there. Sunscreen. You, you have the solution. You just lather up with sunscreen every day and you can walk around like the daywalker. You, you, that is the whole purpose, I think, of this whole thing is to have daywalkers' abilities, right? To be the yeah. best of both worlds. And you don't need to just make more of that stuff just keep making it just get a factory just keep on cranking out that sunscreen and um but yeah no it's a very effective bit of again some body horror when the council guy literally almost decomposes um this is a very dated bit of cg (laughs) it's extremely dated like it does not look good I can't imagine how this looks in high def because like, I watched it in you know, 480p um, <laughs> DVD. But in Blu-ray, I'm sure this does not hold up well. But again, the art design is really effective. Like his chin melts away and his organs come all exposed. and It's effective. And then he goes kaboom. And it yeah, also, while he's burning, you see them put on like full foot, uh, <laughs> motorcycle helmets with the visor and everything to protect themselves. I remember that. And I was like, yep, that makes more sense. Yeah. yeah that- at the top of this episode i compared the cgi to the mummy and i feel like that's a disservice to the mummy so i'm gonna take that back <laughs> not wrong <laughs> yeah this, this it doesn't it doesn't age well but it's again the art design of it's actually pretty pretty cool but now yeah. the effect itself is very very dated and even for the time i don't think it would have been looked at fondly but at least they do show why he pulled out the teeth because the next scene is where frost is at the console and he throws the teeth on the on the table and then he sits down to I need twelve volunteers. Like I, I, I like that. And you know what, you guys? A, a council of vampires who I'm sure have superhuman strength too. Like your vampires. Not in this movie. He, All they do, apparently, you just tell them what to do, and they go, oh, "We gotta do oh, yeah, what he right. said." Yeah, right. Okay, well, they took his teeth. Like they took his teeth. I guess he's the boss now. Like you could just jump him and like just start biting his face and eyes and legs. There's eleven of you. I'm sure <laughs> y'all can muster enough energy to just go after him. But they go, oh, no, they took his teeth. That was kind of dumb. <laughs> I guess he's a guy to be reckoned with. Let's go go into the blood god temple and just follow that, his instructions blindly and stupidly without thinking about anything. That part was kind of stupid. How they let's, just not, let's, let's not use our, our vast resources that we spend time talking about and our huge network that where fingers are in everything. No, 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 Frost, you got a point. <laughs> you just... You took the man's teeth. Let's just let's just walk along with you. I so maybe see what happens. They're they're going over the screenplay on set, and they're like, "Okay, so Frost is going to fight all these these board members." And Leslie Snaps is like, "No, if there's a fight, <laughs> if there's a fight scene, and I'm, I'm not in it, then we got to cut it." So I'm going to be in all the fight scenes. I'm the fighter. They're the lovers. I'm no, wait, no, no. Actually, it's <laughs> I'm the fighter. They're the followers. That's it. And that would have okay, been better. Mr. Snipes. Mr. Snipes. Okay. It, it was the one thing that seemed a little that kind of bugged me in this movie because nothing like they just they just go along with them like there's nothing there should have been more than that. I didn't like that. 
he's just there and he just sits down and it's like all right i'm the boss now and they all go hooker but <laughs> movie's got a movie as uh, yeah. as michael once said so I'm, I'm again. I I, I really like Blade. I, I'm not complaining. <laughs> it's a pretty. Cool I like power it too. Move. Yeah, I like he it just too. like you said earlier. He just sits down, and starts giving orders. Like it's a, it's a big power move. It's bold. Yeah. But this is that. Yeah. This is when the movie gets kind of like dark too, because you have Blade is wherever Blade is, and then you have Frost shows up. You have a little bit of scene where they're talking about, oh, no, so we have the chemical test, which where he she comes up with the thing that can, you know, blow up vampires, which plays a part <laughs> a little bit later. Vampire you mom. have yeah. a small part where really kind of shows how evil Deacon is when they're in there. I forgot about this, but I really need to mention it. We're, that, we're at the park and he's holding this girl hostage, kind of. And he's talking to Blade. And he has his sunscreen on and he's like saying how they're cattle and things, how he wants Blade to join him. Really, he just needs Blade's blood, so he's just trying to convince him. And that part where he just throws her out into the street to give Blade a choice, either come after me or save the girl. Through a bus like stop. <laughs> Blade would have just killed Deacon. He wouldn't have went and saved the girl the way that he is in this movie. Yeah. Well, it's it's, it's just you're a bit of a dick there, Blade. Like, he goes, so he throws, he, so Deacon, of course, well, He is, shoots him first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he shoots him first, and then he goes after the girl. Like, <laughs> Got away. All right, little girl. Let me see if you from the oncoming bus that doesn't have brakes, evidently, because that thing doesn't even try to stop. Maybe it'd be scary. Um, but the whole this whole exposition of Frost kind of explaining his motivation is pretty effective. You know, he delivers it well. Uh, you know, you see they go have a nice little slow-mo shot of all the you know humans walking around, lumbering, laughing, and evidently that's not good. Don't don't do that, according to the vampires. Um <laughs> You know, these are cattle. These are our, you know, this is our food. Why are we running from these people? And it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought. Again, it's positive motivation. He thinks he's doing the right thing, even though it's wrong, which is good villain writing. And um, it's pretty effective. They have a little chat, a little chit chat. And then you get your slow motion bullet. That boy. Oh, man. <laughs> oof, Hey, guys, I know you ran out of money, but if you ran out of money in pre-production of that effect... Just cut it, y'all. Just, just you can cut it. Don't have it to have it. No, but that's not good for ninety-eight. That's not. That doesn't hit. I was. I was thinking about it. I'm like, is that just what effects were in ninety-eight? And I didn't really find any relative comparisons. But boy, that does not look good. <laughs> and the fact that Deacon can actually Deacon, right? The fact that yep. Frost, sorry, yeah, the fact that he can actually dodge bullets little silly like you're just a vampire you're not neo right like and you would think if you would think if you didn't realize this movie was released a year earlier i think than the matrix you'd probably think oh they just stole that from the matrix because that's what people did after the matrix but no (laughs) two separate people for two separate studios i think um came up with that so we get a like the line here where Blade says your mascara is running. I think it's supposed to imply that that sunscreen is very temporary. That's why it's not the sure the ultimate goal or solution. And then we get Deacon delivering the trailer bait line of "You have all of our strengths and none of our weaknesses." I feel that was like that was in all the trailers at the yeah, time. Yeah, probably, probably. I, I haven't seen any, but yeah, I could see that definitely being a trailer <laughs> line. Same, actually. I'm that gonna was- find out why we're talking. That little girl's tough because he gets thrown through a bus stop, almost hit by a bus. Blade just picks her up, sets her off. It's like, go home. <laughs> and she runs she off. Runs off. <laughs> I mean, I would too. So she's fine. She's fine. No broken limbs, no twisted ankles, not so much as a more, no more than a couple of abrasions and a bruised <laughs> ego. She runs on off. 
He's not the best character. He's not the best hero in this in this movie. But that's okay. You can have an anti-hero, and that's fine. But yeah, this just pick your spots. I think is what I think the takeaway would be for that. And I, I the part when the like, like as I was saying before, before I I got ahead of myself, and the, when this movie gets kind of dark, even darker to me is when you have you have a part where Whistler's in the base. I think the girl, I can't remember, and the girl's there too, and the vampires break into the base, and they beat, they start beating the shit out of Whistler, and then Frost is like, Crispy, do your thing, and you, I'm just like, oh no, and then they just, when the next time you see Whistler, he's been bitten, he's all fucked up, he has a white sheet covering him that's covered in blood, like, it is just, it's brutal to me, and, and, and that whole part where, like, when, when Blade does show up, and you see a bloody tape, and he comes to Whistler, and you have that whole scene where, Whistler's like, hey, you know, um, you need to shoot me. I'm going to turn. And he yeah. won't do it. So he gives him the gun. And as he's walking away, you just hear the gunshot. But also, there's a scene earlier that felt very 90s to me. It was stupid. Like, there's one point that Karen asks him, so what's, what's up with you and Whistler? And he's like, he makes the guns and I use them or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> like it should have just been, you know, he's my father. Like, he's, he's been there. He's, you know, but it's a 90s tough guy. We got to say he makes the weapons, I use them. I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, I understand 90s masculinity, but still, it just, it just, it, it would have had, if you would have said something like, that's my dad, or something like, you know, some kind of line that, like, he saved me when I needed, you know, he was there for me, he, or something, not something stupid like that. I'm nitpicking, I know. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of read that as, as Blade com- compartmentalizing, you know, okay. like, he's, he's not going to allow himself to have a father figure or feel for anybody because he lost his mom when he was, you know, three seconds old. So he's just not going to allow himself to feel for anybody just in case he loses them, which is very apparent in the scene where he reveals Whistler in that bloody sheet, which I, this is just a weird thing for me. When I see bright red blood on stark white, it's very unnerving. I don't know why for me, it's just a very unnerving image um, to have that kind of contrast. Uh, and then he, of course, is just brutalized and and Blade, you know, takes a little gauze and like starts <laughs> wipe, just starts cleaning yeah, it I off was a little like, bit. I what are you too. doing? <laughs> dab, 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 dab. <laughs> I mean, what is that going to do? Like the, the fucker's been bit. Like, you know, he's dead. Why are you dabbing the blood? I guess it's like you're trying to compart, like you say, compartmentalize. Also, this movie takes place in Los Angeles. I found out. Okay. <laughs> At least that's where the rave club. There. The rave club is Los Angeles. All right. Huh. So, okay. So the location, but okay, um, I'm yeah, I mean, it's, um, <clears throat> that's right. So the so yeah, he just kind of dab dabs. I again, it's this is again the filmmakers trying to show that this it, there's a father figure here, but he's just trying to block him emotionally and not really care because he even says when when uh, Whistler goes, "God, finish me off," and then Blade's like, "No, no. we'll treat your wounds," <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. "You're gonna treat that." You looked at her little pinpricks and said, "You're done. You're done. You're done, doctor. You're, <laughs> yeah. you got a day. You got a day, Max. You see that gouge in his jugular? We can fix that. You know, we got some band aids. But it's like yeah. he's <laughs> again. It, that that's the first little crack in him to to realize. But then he, of course, he hands him the gun and walks away like a good samurai and very uh, methodically and ritualistically hands him that pistol and pop off camera because sequels got a sequel." And that's the one that got me. I'm like, he's in the sequel. I could have uh-huh. swore. <laughs> I, I, I was looking at IMDb and I'm like, how is he in Blade 2 then? But yeah, I like the hands in the gun. It's a payoff to a line that Whistler says to Karen. He's like, well, you should buy yourself a gun. And if you feel a thirst and no, no amount of liquid will say shit, just take that gun and put it upside your head or something like that. So it's basically him taking his own advice. Okay. And also he keeps a shotgun in the light. <laughs> 
Did you notice yeah. that when the vampire's first appearance he's reaches up to the light fixture and pulls a shotgun? Oh yeah, out? that I did. I did catch that. <laughs> it seems uh, seems like a bad idea. I mean, it makes sense if they have weapons everywhere in case yeah. something ever happens. Because I mean, they are prepared for this in a way. And one thing that we forgot to mention earlier that's kind of not important, but I like the fact that they brought it in the movie. There's a part where they're stealing people, like they're stealing the cops' watch, and he makes this, he makes the cop about being fake, and he's like, "How do you think we finance this operation?" And I like that that you know they steal other people's stuff and sell it so they can you know get by. Like it makes sense. And I like I forgot about that line. She's like, oh, you're going to rob him now. You're going to rob me, too. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. But I, yeah. I like that. I, I had no problem with that. It felt yeah. it felt good. Now we get the uh, the meditation scene, right? Yeah, this is weird. Again, yeah. this is the whole samurai thing, you know, mysticism. And he, he cuts off some the bottom of some flowers. <laughs> very, dramatically. Like, very dramatically. Very dramatically. It's this. referenced. It's referenced like three times before this happens as if because the camera li- lingers mm-hmm. on these flowers at least two times this movies and they never really explain why like i don't they never explain it at all so the only I thing know. i could figure is it's supposed to show how sharp his blade is but like okay we kind of got that when he's cutting people up with it yeah right i i don't know this makes no sense whatsoever and this is kind of like his emotional gear up for the for the final assault i guess and um it's weird it's just kind of fillery scene I, again i i wonder if things were just cut <laughs> you know, just cut for time or well, the plant was cut. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, it happens a lot in movies, though, where they cut stuff out. You have no roots. Okay, so, just, Mr. Snipes, we got you. We got the meditation scene all all filmed up. I want to cut a plant. <laughs> what? Yeah. You cut the plant. I'm not a okay. fan of botany. Well, this is when you have the tape of the girl where he ends up being sent. This is how he gets because you know they set the trap up for him to say, "Hey, we're waiting here for you." And of course, he takes the bait. But I do like there's a there's a little part where Frost is talking to Karen, and she calls him, "You're nothing more than STD or sexually transmitted disease." That was funny. Yeah, it's good. It's good. She cracked me up. She spends a lot of time with her head tilted, like in this you know aggressive kind of like way when she's talking in general she just spends a lot of time with her head tilted but um 1998 yes is that no that is that's very very late 90s and it's uh yeah it's cool you know she basically calls them you're you're not a master race you're a you're you're a disease you're infected it's cool i like it again this is more that lore kind of that comparison between human and not human so uh it's pretty cool and then you know frost has this lovely little uh this lovely little um what should we call it uh kind of monologue you know where the you know, we're at the top of the effing food chain. And they, they use the F word a lot. They use a lot the F word a lot as almost like an adjective or an adverb, which it when you use it in that way, it's not effective because you're just filling space with a curse word and you're probably just doing it to be, you know, badass or be R rated. You're being you're being edgy for no edgy, reason. Yeah. It's a very you know, 90s thing. Yes. Profanity is should be used in two places. One is a reaction, like ow, I stubbed my toe screw this effing chair you know or as a insult like you know f you right you know as a but it's always a violent verbal reaction to something right no one chooses that word unless you're filling space and you don't really know what else to fill it with so you just throw that in there because it's cool and edgy and late 90s so yeah it was very offsetting every time they curse in this movie it's very out of place again very of its time that's what edgy was back in that era. But yeah, no, but this is pretty cool. Again, he is showing again his single-minded approach and thought process. Karen's come a long way since the beginning of the movie where she's just a frightened person of this whole new world. And now here she is sitting at the table with a couple of vampires and she's just 
so nonchalant, like uh, <laughs> devil may care attitudes, like not not calling, not perturbed, not perturbed at all. Yeah, she's fine. Call him an SCD and stuff. Like, hey, you probably. Uh, I like that. that. That that abused me a lot more than it should have, <laughs> but it did. And just, and I I do like how he had the bike that like you have them wait in the building and the bike just crashes through the window when he shows up. Yeah, I enjoyed this- that. This is the scene that I, I mentioned at the top we were going to reference later because it's so Matrix. Where it cuts yeah. to a shot of a hallway and a bunch of guys come in a riot gear with guns. And it's like, whoa, hold on. Did, did I put in the Matrix or something? Because it's it's very heavily gaming Matrix vibes. It is very Matrixy. I liked it, though. Like, I, I like it. Like, I enjoy all the stuff that happens around this time with the hall, you had the hallway fight. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I enjoyed all the action of him fighting. And a lot of them, I think were from fami- some were vampires, some were familiars, but it, it, to me, it was all very well done. Yeah. The fight in the lobby was when I first noticed that, okay, he's just fighting guys one at a time. No wonder he's yeah. always winning. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he arrives in his motorcycle smashes through, which by the way, is a really cool motorcycle. You see exactly three seconds of, yeah, <laughs> Um, and in the wrong. three minutes of the in the three minutes of production design uh, special feature I watched, the guy goes into, oh yeah, you know, we had a, a motorcyclist who designed this thing that could be actually built and ridden, and it's and they show him like on this motorcycle prototype blade and Wesley Snipes. You see it for three seconds. He takes the sheet off of it during the ramp up scene when he's getting his gear together, and then he crashes it through a window. <laughs> There's the motorcycle. So long. And then he stands up and starts shooting people. And I'm like, oh. So now he's just going to shoot a bunch of people with his with his fully automatic pistols. Great. They have infinite ammo. That infinite ammo, right? <laughs> that clip is not exhausted whatsoever. <laughs> and then he goes to stage two, which is the hallway fight. And that's where we see at least a little bit of motion from him. At least he's moving forward when he's fighting. Yep. Um, this is the one where I was saying that there was no music and it's just them grunting and the sounds of hits connecting. It's yeah. very odd. It is odd. You expect again some sort of techno, you know, score behind it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty decent. Again, this is very kung fu framed without the agility and the extreme skill of the uh, the actors involved, especially the lead, your hero, who again is just deflecting blows and punching and throwing. Um, he, we do get to see the effects of the blue goop, <laughs> which is delightful. I, uh... I know Mike's been excited to get to this scene just to hear me talk about it. Go ahead, Mike. (laughs) Oh, my God. So this is when I mentioned earlier that the movie would lead you to believe that the human body has more blood than normal. (laughs) Because these are like Kill Bill style blood fountains when these people explode. Yep. In like the goriest way possible. And like I can handle gore in games and stuff when it's in movies. For some reason, it, it affects me a lot more. And. I was not a fan of this scene. In my notes, I just have, I hate you guys in it. So, <laughs> Boy, you are going to despise me when Sin City rolls along. Oh, I've oh. seen Sin City, but I can't remember. Oh, you will not forget it now. Boy. <laughs> it's I can't not wait. pleasant. I can't wait. That'll be an interesting study of style versus substance. But anyway. Yeah, no, I was just delighted i thought it was fun of course watching, their, watching, <laughs> watching their head turn into a giant uh oh god darn it i had a reference in my head and i lost it like giant like bulgy donuts like you know like those bulgy sour cream donuts you get in like a bakery just these <laughs> pastry faces and then boom 
very effective. The effect actually isn't bad either, honestly. I mean, the blood flying is you know stupid, but the uh, <laughs> the effect itself is pretty effective. It still works, I think. And it's gross. I they're agree. screaming. Their their vocal cords are all constricted, so they're all high pitched. Like it's it's a nice little bit of uh, visual horror. I thought it still works just fine. Yeah, it's good. It all reminded right. me of Big Trouble Little China, one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. That's all I could think of when we were doing when it got to that part. Yeah. And, uh, when their heads swell up, they, they remind me of French burnt peanuts. There you go. Just <laughs> the image. It's exactly okay. what it is. Well done. What a people. <laughs> uh, Google that one, y'all, when you listen to this. Unless you're driving, don't do that. Very good reference. What was the reference? This is they look like French burnt peanuts. French burnt peanuts. Oh, the little, okay, I know what you're talking about now. That candy, right? <laughs> yep. It's been a while since I've heard that reference. Good. I like that. Mom was a big fan of those when I was a kid. Candy. It's just not often that someone brings up that candy. (laughs) I never heard of it. Thank you for showing me. I would have not not known. They sell at the dollar store sometimes. Mm -hmm. But anyway, then uh, but then we uh, blade enters what I called the apple room because it looked like the inside of an (laughs) apple apple (laughs) showroom, you know, and all white. And then. His mom appears mm-hmm. in Frost's weird. Mm. I kind of like Frost's weird coffin bed because it's what it feels like a modern day coffin, you know, like the lid opening and closing. So that's pretty, pretty neat. But there she is, Frost's coffin bed. Um, how do you recognize her? You were three minutes old, but maybe because <laughs> she has the license, I guess you could say that. And whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. stupid. Okay. I've forgotten about the license. That that kind of connects it a little more. A little bit. A little. I mean, you see it for two seconds in his room, and then it's easily missed. Uh, yeah, how did you recognize her, though, honestly? And then they show up, and they zap him with his, their zappers. <laughs> and then it's time to go to the... Well, how did you feel about the mom bed? I shouldn't, I shouldn't move on. I think it's completely <laughs> stupid and pointless. Oh, yeah, it's super forced. It's stupid. Yeah, no purpose. Why? You don't need to... He could have just had him trapped or I thought for a second and again, 20 times, I thought like, is this a trick? Like, is mm-hmm. this like a, a, a vampire who looks like his mom just there to trick him? And then they zap and I, my thinking is, oh, yeah, she's not his mom. Wait, he is. She is his mom. <laughs> yep. And she's going to get really creepy with him in about oh, five yes. minutes. <laughs> so we'll get there. It's, 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 it's not necessary at all. But no, and I, I feel like it just. You know, because I mean, the whole idea, like we said before, is that he's searching for the vampire who killed his mother. So they have to have his mother still, you know, still alive, essentially, as a vampire. Like it just I could have done without the scene. Yeah. And it turns out it was Frost the whole time that the bitter. Like, yeah, okay. seems convenient. I, I could have done without it. Oh, so Frost's created his worst enemy because mm. if he hadn't have bit her, then Blade wouldn't have been born the way he was. That's right. It's fro- it's all Frost's fault. I wonder if that's wow. what they were going for. Probably. And these, they have to tie. It's, not everything has to be tied into a into a neat little bow. <laughs> it, you, it's good to tie things up, right, and connect the dots and connect things. But you don't have to tie every single little knot into this giant, you know, ball of yarn, right? Like that's yeah. what this, they're trying to tie every little thing together, and everything has got to connect. And you can just let his mom be dead, right? His yeah. mom died. That's his motivation. That's but it. like, he's as we've seen many, many, many times on his, his show, when it's it feels good when it's earned and when it's just come right. out of left field like this, it's just like, Oh, okay. That's weird. Like you needed something to distract him. Again, you could have fooled him, right. Or something along those lines or tricked right. them so, by doing something cunning and clever. 
<laughs> this is just like something. Just <laughs> you might you might be in the wrong movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they zap him, and then how did they get a hold of Lady Friend? Oh, because Lady Friend was was taken with yeah, with, uh, Whistler. with Whistler. Okay, so then they're in the back of the truck, and they're kind of just talking a little bit. Shit, she's starting to get hungry. Yep, starting to get the thirst, as they say. And then they head to. Yeah, I need my serum. (laughs) Kept thinking syrup. I'm like, I could use some syrup, some pancakes. (laughs) It was at 12.15 in the morning when I was watching this at this point. I was like, can we go through through IHOP? I need a short stack. (laughs) Don't forget, they stunned the hell out of him right before when they they do take him. Like, they just beat the shit. And I think it was Arkham Asylum because they had those same sunrods. Yep, yep. Yeah, the electro batons. Yeah, and this, yeah, and this is after you get to the temple, which is like the whole movie's been leading up to. And I kept texting Mike. He's like, "Am I almost done with this?" I'm like, "Are you in the temple yet?" <laughs> no, I'm like you're not almost done. Then you're not Keep almost watching. done. Even when I got there, he's like, "You still got about 15, 20 minutes." I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, I, there's a scene that is like when they they have they have Blade. He's already you know starting to kind of get all weird because he needs his serum. He hasn't fed, and they're like, "Oh, the hunger and this and that." And then they grab the blue serum, which is not serum, and he's like, "Oh, your precious serum." And he's like, yeah. Why don't you try it? <laughs> it was very uh, good. I, I like that. And when they throw it, because like, you don't need this anymore, and they throw it, and, and I'm like, it should break. I'm like, I know it doesn't break, because I know the end of this movie, but I'm like, it should have been broken. But it got caught <laughs> somewhere. Like it, it, just... in a, in a, it got caught in the crack of a wall after being thrown from probably 100 feet in the air yes. in the Temple of Eternal Night. If that's not a video game level, I don't know what is. <laughs> That is some video game ass level naming. It's um, even got an elevator, so like it's straight out of a beat 'em up. Yeah, it really has an elevator. Evidently, they retrofitted this with this ancient temple has all this crazy <laughs> like metal basins and technology. And I guess I guess Frost has been retrofitting this for just this purpose. <laughs> I guess I don't know. It's strange. And this is when you have the girl uh, Karen is thrown into a pit, and they talk about how if a vampire doesn't feed, he'll become like a a zombie. Yeah, zombie. like a zombie. And that and like the way her ex boyfriend kind of plays this part is interesting because he's like, "Hello, Karen. I haven't seen you in a while. Maybe we can get back together." And his voice it it's different. Like the actor mm-hmm. is trying to do something, and his voice kind of sounds like. The weirdness that I was trying to pull off just now was like, Karen, there's something wrong here, Karen. Like, it's just it. Because, it, again, it's supposed to show him going insane. Yeah. And I, I didn't mind. She, I like how she kills him with a bone. Or does she kill him with a bone? She no, he doesn't him. die. He like, doesn't die. They keep cutting back and forth when she's climbing out of the pit. It cuts to her climbing and it cuts back to him, like, reaching at her, moaning. And then it keeps going back and forth. But yeah. no, we never see him die. Okay, I couldn't remember. I just remembered that it was there. It's it scary for the. I thought that's extremely scary. I, the idea of like helplessness being trapped in this pit. By the way, they should have made this pit a little deeper. Let's be honest. She was able to really was. She was able to just to hoist herself out of there. Like it wasn't that big a deal. But um, the image of this guy who's half turned, half not, and just basically rotting away, like his brain's rotting away, like everything's just kind of like 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 zombified. Um, so there's that recognition, like oh, I know who you are, and then he lunges at her horribly. And just his screams as she's leaving is just chilling. And I was remember again feeling a little sad, like he's stuck there now. His only friend is gone. Oh, <laughs> he's, gonna st- he's gonna stay down there until he rots away. Like that's what's gonna happen to him. Yeah, they're not rescuing him. <laughs> no, no one's rescuing him. Actually, at the end of the movie, they all leave. And in my mind, <laughs> I thought in my friend, like just a very faint, hey, down here. Could you guys finish me off? 
save me as sure as a serum. <laughs> uh, it's uh, my, <laughs> you ever think about us? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just still down here. Hey, and this what? is when you have like they put Blade in that in that God, what oh, the, the, the life size action figure packaging. Yes, they put him inside there. <laughs> and I remember seeing that and I remembered I'm like, oh, this ain't good. Like I thought it had spikes that come out. But it's just blades that come on his wrist and cut it's his wrist open. So that's brutal. That gets me. That got me. There's a, the blood sarcophagus. Yeah. Yeah. And all, and all the blood that just comes running down, and it is brutal. He started losing all of his red paint there when the when the wrist <laughs> thing came out. <laughs> he sure would have been okay. Like he splashy. would not have been okay after this. I don't care how much of vamp you would have been done. It's a splashing against the camera lens, you know, just and. and, and and Mr. Mr. Norrington's like, forget it. It's fine. We can't shoot this again. Let's fly. Let's flash again. That's fine. We also very quickly before they shut him into the sarcophagus, they his that's when his mom oh, shows up yeah. and gives him that extremely creepy, like sexual chin on lips and cheek. Yep. What is going on? You don't need to be there. Just put the things in his wrists. Yeah, Mike, it actually reminded Weird. me of the Castlevania comic that we just covered <laughs> with uh, Victor and Pasha, where he got all weird on his sister right there it's at the end. Strange. Like, I could have oh. done without all that. And vampirism has always had a, a bit of sensuality to it. Like, that's part of the, the mythos of it. So if it's if it, there's a lot of it in this movie, there is for a reason. Like, even the early Dracula, it was intended to be like you were he would seduce you into a point where you would attack and then you know turn you or, or feed um, so there's always that always that will be in these sort of movies, which is actually fine. That's kind of some of the point. But this kind of weird I'm your mom, but we're still going to get all vampire, <laughs> you know, vampire sexual on you is very off putting and gross. So yeah, I was like, not a fan of that at all. This was not needed. Didn't need this at 1230 in the morning. When I'm watching this. <laughs> and you have a very small scene where, where she's, I think we already kind of maybe brief on it where Karen's climbing out, but there's also a scene that I, I wrote down in my notes just because it has important that you have the crazy white girl vampire and she grabs the sword and throws the sword into the wall, which seems like no purpose at all. Like, yep, that way he can grab his sword for later. Yeah. Yep. So I wanted to bring this up too, because she kills one of the, the council vampires but like, yes. don't they need all of them to make this thing work? That's what I thought too. That's what I thought too. Okay. I, I I almost and I know how this movie ends. Obviously, I know the whole plan works, not works. But my thought was like, you you just ruined it. Like, almost yeah. expect Deacon to go, "What the hell? You just mm-hmm. you just killed one of the twelve. I'm <laughs> I'm doomed. I can't do this anymore. Thanks." But nope. Let's see. Evidently, there's thirteen. They only need twelve of the thirteen. They <laughs> brought they brought an extra just in case. They brought a know. baker's dozen of vampire council members. <laughs> Just in yeah. case one doesn't turn out right. Exactly. Someone's like, "Oh, you you were lying about being a pure blood." All right. Well, we're gonna throw you down to down to Curtis in the basement there. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, it, it seemed weird. Like I was I, I was really curious. Like, how do you kill him and you and you need him? But I just yeah, like you said, an extra guy. <laughs> I always need an extra. And then you uh, have like when because it's Karen that ends up coming up there and taking Blade out of that container. And then by him feeding on her, he's able to get his power back. So he's able to, you know, he almost kills her. I like that. She's like, you can stop now. You can stop. And he just keeps, he just keeps biting. That's what she gets. She, she ruined the value when she opened the, the action figure. <laughs> <laughs> she did. He's not in the box anymore. That's it. But that whole, oh God. And the next scene, everything with the blood is just so fucking weird. Like where you have all the blood just dripping down on their heads and you have, 
the the blood touching frost. You have the lightning come out of the old guys. Like all that is just so strange to me. Like it works, but it's just strange. And the freaking the bone vampires oh that, God, what? that come out after that. This scene goes on forever. Yes, <laughs> and it's so fucking weird. It's, like yeah, they they reach up out of their mouths. <laughs> like well, what is happening? If you notice it, if you look at it carefully. The, the winged skeleton, the skeleton pops out, and then a winged skeleton pops out of the skeleton. There's two skeletons. <laughs> I, I, I didn't that. There's, 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 there's body skeleton, and then guess soul skeleton that fly around, and then clip into <laughs> clip into a uh, into a uh, frost, which I I always I found out very funny. It reminded me of a video game, but it was wasn't wasn't built well. You know, this clipping <laughs> and like pushing through. through. Yeah, I was just clipping through them. It's so stupid, like. Not even an effect as it like a little smoke effect yeah. or like a little like blue wavy line like whoosh, whoosh, no. <laughs> it's just very silly and the effects don't hold up. It's very cartoony. But I think in the space of the movie, I actually didn't mind it. I, I thought it, I remember this being one of the things people really harp on. And for me, I was just, OK, this is just cartoony nonsense. And the CG at the time would have been super cool. What comes up is not cool. Very bad. <laughs> And I got to see if I can find it because there's even a worse thing that was going to be in the movie if it was finished. So let's go ahead and move on to uh, Blood God. Right before this, you have Blade kills his mother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Which needed to happen. You have Blade, I wrote down, he jumps down to where all the vampires are. And then you have where Crispy runs at him. He just cuts off Crispy's head and that's the end of it. Like, we're done. He just kills him. They build up Quinn this whole movie because he's getting his hands cut off. He's like, wait, wait. I got two new hands. I don't know which one to kill you with. And then Blade just beheads him. Like, well, and, that was anticlimactic. And stupid Crispy, he's got like this little knife in his hand, like a Boy Scout pocket knife that he's kind of throwing back and forth between his hands. Like, <laughs> this is what I'm going to take out Blade with. So I, it's more comedy. Like, this is just a comic beat. You know, boom, he's gone. His head's off the end of that. So, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Like, he, it's he, he, he was no good anyway. Back. He gets his sunglasses back and has his big hero pose and does his samurai thing with his sword. You know, it's, I, it's yeah, I did enjoy the martial arts fight that you have around this part. Like I, I enjoy because he doesn't have all his weapons yet. He just got his sunglasses, but I enjoyed the action. Like I, I always like martial arts fights. and I enjoyed this yeah. fight a lot, even though it's kind of it, stupid. Still. It's again, know. it's very standstill. It's it's going it reminds me of how far we've come when it comes to action scenes. You know, you watch the Marvel movies and the action scenes are. Not only well choreographed, but there's lots of elements and they build. So, again, you're using your environment. You know, Captain America's throwing his shield and bouncing off of things and throwing guys against cars, which causes something else to blow up and using your environment. So it's lively and, and varied. And this is just kung fu, right? It's, it's a bunch of guys doing martial arts moves that are not really hitting each other. And it's clear that's not happening. There's very little stakes. You know, these, these, the chaff that's being thrown at him is did not a threat. So it's just cool to watch some martial arts. And I, I agree with you, Mike. I think it's cool to see it. But as far as a, as a capstone to your action movie, it's very of its time. That's kind yeah. of what it was. The Matrix is a, the Matrix is a bunch. That's all the Matrix is, too. It's just hand-to-hand mm-hmm. combats. There's some gunplay, but nothing. It's just it's a kung fu movie. That's what they were inspired by, you know, martial arts movies. So it's of its till, time. Until you get to the third one, then it's just Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yes. And that, I think it's just ridiculous and silly. <laughs> With mechs and everything else. Third one is bad, but the first two are really good. Mm-hmm. Well, first one's really good. I, I watched two, all three not too long ago. Two's got moments. Yeah, and three's bad. 
the first is <laughs> very, very bad. And I, and I and this is when you also have Karen finally kills that fucking white vampire that's been annoying me throughout this entire movie. She sprays her with the garlic stuff, but she sprays her in the mouth so it kills her somehow. Which I <laughs> was like, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that's fine. It's yeah. She pops her head. You get a little bit, and that's great. Cool. Yep. We've been desensitized to that at this and, point. And then during this time, you have that Frost ends up becoming the blood god because they did the ritual. Blade gets back his sword. But I enjoyed the sword fight where Frost comes down. He has the sword. They start fighting each other. And I love that part when he slices Frost in half. Oh, and you have the terrible God. CGI, the blood, like, pulls him back together. And you can see Wesley Snipes. He doesn't say it, but you can see his mouth say, what the fuck? Yeah. But there's no word. You can just you can just read his mouth. Yeah, right. in my in my notes, I just have it as this is the stupidest shit. Like, it's, <laughs> it's oh my god! Like you said, yeah, he cuts him in half, and his torso goes flying through the air, and the blood just mends it back together. Like, hey, it was cool uh, in 1998, buddy. <laughs> it was awesome, and when I saw this the first time, I thought that I thought it was amazing the first time I saw it in 2020. I was like, okay, this is really dumb. But <laughs> no, it wasn't good in '98 either. I I remember <laughs> not like. Okay, I mean, it's really shabby, shabbily done. It's very shabby CGI. I was, it doesn't look good. It's not integrated into the scene. It's cartoony, which again, you can sometimes yes. squint your eyes. Um, you, you squint your eyes a little bit when it comes to these kind of movies, but boy, you know, you could have spent an extra week and a half on that and, and <laughs> made it decent. Or just not, you know, not a blob of of, of liquid jello, you know, like just blorping, blorping. Like, did all of his organs get replaced with blood? Like, there's no, like, his entire intestinal tract is just gone? He is the blood god. god. <laughs> uh, he's blood god, but, I mean, he's still a person, clearly. Yeah, I think it's also he gets his hand cut off and it rematerializes with blood hand. Like, and I yeah. like cut off hand. Yeah. I love the way that they kill him is by st- they, the serum thing, the little, you know, explody blood. He hits him with all of them. He just throws them all into him as fast as he can, and that's what finally kills him. I, I like that. I like the way he just blows up. We get the uh, the checkoff payoff for the hilt blade too, because he throws the sword hilt oh, first yeah. into the rock where the the serum stuff is trapped, and it expands and is enough to break the the rock right. loose. You also like, have two moments earlier in this movie with the hilt, where one vampire stupid has the blade and gets his hand cut off and then gets murdered, and then another one where Frost picks it up and then hits the button and turns it off. <laughs> he puts the safety on. Yeah, he yeah, clicks it on. Yeah, you have it a couple times it, that people know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they, they, they establish it pretty well. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's fine. Again, devicey. We gotta get this thing over with. And how else are you gonna beat him? Except the uh, the hemoglobin thing, <laughs> whatever the coagulate, whatever Something she called like it. That. Yeah. And so yeah, and, he, and the final one, of course, he kicks into uh, into his forehead. <sighs> with Very stylish. Stupidest one-liner I think I've ever heard in an action movie, which Mike this opened is, the show with. This is one of the worst. <sighs> why? Why does some motherfuckers always gotta ice skate uphill? What? <sighs> what, what does that mean, Blade? What I don't know, but mean? I wrote it down the How moment you he said it. <laughs> of course, so everyone did. Everyone like, I'd, did. I'd say let's unpack it, but I I don't know what they were going for there. Why unpack it? There's nothing inside. It's there's no there's no meat inside that line. It's just I don't. It makes no sense. Like it doesn't. I can't even put that into context. Like why do some motherfuckers have to ice skate? Up? Why? Who would do that? How's ice go uphill? What are you talking like, about? It's not a mountain. What do you? It doesn't I, make sense. It just I assume it's like a metaphor for trying to. Uh, Trying to do the impossible, like doing things the hard way. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. What the, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. 
And I think if you asked Wesley Snipes, he'd be go, oh, just uh, it's a word. It can't have been in the script, could it? No, it's probably him again. <laughs> I can't imagine. I don't know. I don't know. There might be an article written about that line. I'd love to learn about it. Like, Mr. Goyer, in 1998's Blade, <laughs> Wesley Snipes' closing one-liner was, why do some motherfuckers have to skate up there? What was the no. point of that, and did you write um, that? If we can trust this random guy on the YouTube comment, apparently apparently the screenwriter decided to add this line after he heard Wesley Snipe using it, and Snipe uh-huh. practically begged him <laughs> not to right. put it in the film. Yes, you're right. Wow. That is, that is exactly right. Yes, you're right. That No, that's in the special features. Yes, that is a correct okay. statement from um, random guy on this YouTube. This line yes. was put in the movie because Wesley Snipes said it randomly one day, and David S. Goyer overheard it, thought it was cool. Wesley thought it was too stupid to end the action scene on. Goyer was having none of it. Oh, my God. Wow. So this joke that I've been doing pays off. All right. The, the, the writer of the Dark Knight trilogy, the most celebrated uh, superhero trilogy in the history of film, Pick that one to close the movie with. Wow. That's a that's astonishing. That's astounding. It's terrible. Oh boy. Boy, oh boy. Well, Mr. Goyer, you've grown and you've learned. And that's all we can say for that. Oh, At he least... did write Dark Knight Rises, so he didn't learn a whole lot. You know, I I... Since it was theaters. Okay. I don't know. Anyway. That's the uh that's the that's the deal with that. So they escape, they leave Curtis in there to rot in his insanity. <laughs> But Karen, get back together. Karen, well, Karen's back. Yeah, well, well, she uh, she did a thing. She kicked the guy off the off a ledge that no one noticed. I did like that. Yeah, it's fine. It, yeah, it's fine. And then they escape. Um, they escape, and then yeah, we get a, we get, a we get a Ghost Rider ending where he has the ability to possibly give up his powers, but he decides to keep them to uh, fight evil. Ghost Rider does the exact same thing at the end. Oh, does it? Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, I never saw it. Okay. That's- you almost did, but we went with something better with Ghost in the name. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then this is the part where you have him and you, ha- it goes to Moscow. And you have this random couple walking. The guy turns into a vampire and is about to kill her. And Blade just shows up standing there smiling. Yeah, so, it's actually nice. He just goes, a nice, Hi! Uh, a nice bookend because that's how the, the movie opens with a vampire leading uh, cattle to place to kill him. And, and also, it. I think Blade 2 takes place in Moscow to start with, doesn't it? It takes place in like a some sort of like Slavic country, yeah, like you okay, know, so Eastern Bloc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yep, yep, yep. I think it might we'll be, be probably Poland. doing Blade Two maybe next year. I love Blade Two. <laughs> Blade Two is a better I love, movie. I yeah, think. it's much better in, in hindsight now after watching this one. Blade Two <laughs> is 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 actually kind of great. Well, I think um, like Blade One is more, you know is kind of a horror. I think Blade Two is straight action horror, and Blade Three is a comedy. Yeah. No, you, you, that's basically it. I don't remember Blade Three being a comedy, but um, it, it's cop. I, I mean, it's got a lot of humor in it. Blade Two Ryan is Reynolds. a yeah, jeez. Oh, Blade it's, Two is I a, like Blade Trinity a lot. No, no. <laughs> I, Blade Blade Two. <laughs> I own it, but I, I don't remember me liking it too much. Blade Two is a straight up horror movie. Yeah, like, we will there, definitely there is grotesque Blade. moments in that. Oh, jeez. And it's directed by the wonderful Guillermo del Toro. Oh it, God! It might not be. Mike might not be with us next year. <laughs> I might not be with you on that one. It's it's great, and Let's he hates that movie. I not to get too off topic because we're, we're going to do our shelf and box. But Guillermo del Toro, the, the commentary track of the blue uh, DVD, I guess Blu-ray too, of Guillermo del Toro talking about all the things he hates about that movie and laughing hysterically for two hours is the greatest commentary track 
in the history of DVDs. Wow. It is wonderful. He talks about all the scene, the CGI that doesn't work. He's like, oh, I hate this fucking scene. It's a piece of shit. Oh, this, this is like garbage. And he, it's, he's just so gleefully. It was clearly just a project for hire. And he wanted to make it as disgusting as humanly possible. And he does. And just his sense of style and pacing and atmosphere. It's great. I love Blade 2, actually. Even though it's incredibly stupid. But um, it's, a, it's a good time. Much better time than this. So, All right, Mr. Mr. Mike. Any other thoughts before we shelf it or box it? No, nah, just shelf or box. All right. And I'll why don't we take... just start with the most positive weekend? Oh, God. Mike, why don't you go first? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, not, no surprise that this is not only going in the box. This is going into the box that I'm going to set by at the curb and wait for the garbage pickup. <laughs> I have no interest in ever seeing this movie again. Like, it could have been good if it had made, been made 10, 15 years later, like, alongside the MCU. Like, you're going to get. Yeah, I think there's one coming right. out, right? There is. Yeah, there is. If it had a PG-13, which Disney would absolutely do now, PG-13 rating. Uh, so less blood and gore, less F-bombs. I kind of might have liked it, Maybe. But if it succeeded in anything, it made me want to watch Underworld again. So there's that. But yeah, yeah. it's going in the box. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go next. Uh, I I enjoyed this movie the first time I saw it. I enjoyed this movie when I watched it two years ago. I enjoyed it again. It's a fun movie. I think it's I think it's good. I think it's kind of it's darker than I re- that I remember, but still fun. It's definitely going on the shelf, and I'll watch it again another five years from now when I'm editing or something. How about All you, right. Bill? Um, it's funny when we were talking about this leading up to this, I, I, I said, I have a lot of heart for this movie and I do, I really, I, I, it's, it's tied a lot to my past. And like when I was first really getting into movies and that, you know, late nineties, high school years, you know, and so I have a lot of heart for it. This is not great. And this is going in the box. <laughs> oh. It kind of breaks my heart a little bit that I have to put this in the box because I like how, how Michael's kind of said where the shelf is kind of for those top tiers, the shelf is the one you're going to look at and, and watch all the time. I don't have to ever see this movie again. I, I, I can now be officially done with my Blade experience. I've grown <laughs> up. Blade 2. <clears throat> Still Blade 2. Blade 2, I, I, we'll see how that goes. But um, <laughs> it's a perfectly fine example of what action movies were in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little, it's a little vault. Like it's a little, like a little, yeah, a little treasure of what those movies were. Again, very martial arts focused, hand to hand, people standing and choreography, people jumping around but not really doing anything. Um, the CG in it is mixed bag. The art design, I think, on it is pretty good. Again, you have the horrendous blood god nonsense at the end, but you know, what do you <laughs> do? If you have time in your hands, try to find the deleted ending, the ending that was scrapped when Frost actually turns into a giant ball of that goop that oh, connects them my- together. Is that filmed? It was it was shop enough finished. So if, if you find it, it's on the blue, it's on the DVD as a special feature. So it's unfinished pre production. So it's not finished clearly. But um, it's on it's, YouTube, by the way. So, so if you find that, and it should be on YouTube, watch that, and then you realize, okay, this could have been a lot worse. Um, they 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 did themselves <laughs> a service by not finishing the big special effects ending of the eight story blood god that he turns into. I'm watching it right <clears> now. Uh, You're right. Great. It's, it's not good. Yeah, bad. Anyway, back to my shelf or box. I, I, this is again going in the box. I, I've done with this. I've kind of completed my blade cycle. I feel like I have kind of delved the depths, and this doesn't need to appear. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Not what I expected. 
Yeah, as much as I was gleefully laughing through this, I, yeah, I just don't need this anymore. And it does, it's, it's not that I want it almost like cheesy box where it's like, I want to kind of preserve this, you know, in a box. Cause again, it is a cool little artifact of, of what that world was or what state of movies were in the late nineties, kind of like the matrix. And, uh, while it's nowhere near as good as the matrix, it's still fine. If it came on cable, I'd probably keep it on. I wouldn't flip off of it, but I don't need to seek this out. And it certainly doesn't need to be on any shelf of mine. So, <laughs> okay. it goes. Marvel movies have come a long way since 1998. Oh, boy, this, have this they. was like the first one in theaters, right? I know there have been movies no. before. I don't think was, so. Was Captain America in theaters? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I don't think this is the first this one was, in theaters. This was you the know? first one that was a big hit, though, because this was a huge hit. Yeah, oh, a- yeah. Because like uh, Fantastic Four never made it out. And then there was the... David Hasselhoff Fury thing, but I think that was for TV. I don't know. I can't find... It's not helping me look very easy. Yeah, the MCU kind of makes it hard to search for Marvel movies anymore. Yeah, because anything I search is just Mar- it's just those, and I don't want that. I want before that, but I know this is the first one that did good, that really like really made it blow up. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're right. Maybe this was the first, because yeah, Fantastic Four didn't get released. You had the dumb Captain America movies. You had... Yeah, this this actually I think this was actually the first one that was in theaters then that really blew it up. Yeah, you're right. Jeez. And this was when Marvel was at their lowest point too, so yeah. they probably they probably didn't care two ways about it. Yeah, they were just Oh, wait. No, cash. there was there was the the giant smash hit Howard the Duck. Was that oh, before yes. this? Yeah, that was yeah. in 86. That was 80s, yeah. Oh god. <laughs> anyway, that that movie is bad. That will not be on the show. Uh, no, yeah, I'm not. I would not no. go that far. No, 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 but no. We do terrible things on the show. <laughs> That'll be our first solo episode. Look forward to hearing Mike's thoughts on <laughs> Mike talks to himself about Howard the Duck. Hey, there are no solo episodes on this show. At least not yet. All right. <laughs> I don't. It might happen if I, I have no. I don't like Howard the Duck, so. I don't think it's going to happen. All right. Any, I think we should wrap up this episode. This went longer than I expected. <laughs> I about, this ran about exactly as I thought it would. I mean, there's a lot to talk about in this movie. Yeah, there's uh, more than I especially thought. Especially in context. Yeah. So anyway. All right. All right. Like if you enjoyed this spooky episode, we have a bunch of other spooky episodes. If we've been doing nothing but spooky episodes at the time that you're hearing this, so definitely check those all off from our Spooktober. We do, we've been covering the MCU movies. We got all of phase one out at this time for you to go listen to. So definitely check those out. Because they're, they're fun. They're good. And if you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Tell anyone you know. Tell someone on the street. It's a great way to help out the show is let people know that you listen to games my mom found. Get other people interested. It always helps us get new listeners and it helps us grow and do more eventually with the show. Because I have plans to do more eventually. Right. Uh, also, I want to give a shout out to our intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney, from ZP Bite the Bullet. Songs the Cool Kid Squad. So definitely check him out. There'll be a link in the show notes to him. And if you, we also cover games majority of the time. We cover comics. We cover mini games too. So mini games being shorter episodes. Check all those out. We have tons <laughs> of episodes for you to listen to. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, where I'm constantly posting new images of what's going on with the show and when all the new episodes go live. So yeah, I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys next next time. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.